Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, and welcome to the Talking Comics Podcast. You're listening to episode number 359. I am your host, Steve Say. Joining me this week, we have a packed house with Mr. Bob Ryer. What day is it? I'm too tired. I don't know either, Bob. (laughs) Joey Braccino is back! I survived my first Comic-Con! And we're going to hear all about it real soon. But before we get to that, Jessica Schaefer's in the house. Hello! I did not survive, and I'm nursing like con flu right now. Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, no! And our special guest, because she's usually on every other week, Melissa Megan is also here. Uh, Melissa will be joining us for the first little bit of the show, where everybody but me is going to recap their... uh, No, 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 no. It's fine. I did have a lovely weekend with family uh, and tried to keep up on the latest and greatest from NYCC, but rather than hear anything from me, we're going to go around the room and everybody's going to tell us how their con was. So, Joey, since you yeah. haven't been on the show for a while, I'm going to let you go first. Sweet. How yeah, was it's it? It's his first time. What do you want to know? Yeah. What do you want to know? I got, so <laughs> many, I got so many things. Well, OK, let's um, let's start with. Like what were you what were you looking to hit at the con and did you manage to mm. uh like okay, you know what? Forget that. Um it's your first big con, right? Yeah, my first con what ever. Do you, what do you th- oh wow, wow, okay. Of any kind? Yeah. Wow. What do you Whoa. think of the overall con experience? Was it overwhelming? Did you get to see everything? Uh so I did not do enough planning ahead of time. And if you'll recall, I didn't really know what my password was until, like, I figured it out Wednesday night when I tried to open up the app. So I opened up the app and I opened up the schedule of events and everything. And I was like, holy crap, I want to go to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I knew about, like, the basic kind of layout of everything from listening to you guys talk about cons in the past, Artist Alley, Show Floor, all that stuff. But then, you know, Thursday during the day... Um, I was at school and I was going through the app trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then after school, I hopped on a city bike and biked across town to the Javits. I walk in and I was just like, fuck, I don't know where to go. <laughs> like, I just like you walk in the door and it's just like literally you're surrounded by millions of people (laughs) and you walk onto the show floor and there's just booths upon booths upon booths for days. And I'm like, this is too much. 
So I walked downstairs, and then I saw Artist Alley, and I was like, this is too much. So I just dove into a panel. <laughs> I just dove into a panel, and it was on Comixology and publishing and Kickstarter, and I was like, this is awesome. And, you know, I, I, I spent most of Thursday kind of just hopping from panel to panel. And then at the end of the night, um, we can talk about those panels later, but at the end of the night, I ventured on to Artist Alley as they were kind of, like, winding down. And um, I didn't really talk to anyone that night unless I kind of, like, knew them. Like, I saw Bob and Jess on the floor that night, too. And uh, I kind of took, took stock of who was there. And I made the decision that Friday when I got there, I would go to like a panel or two that I really wanted to go to. Um, there was a Raina Telgemeier one that I really wanted to go to. And then I would just hit the floor, the artist alley, and just kind of like hit as many people as I could, get as many things signed as I could. Um, and like I met like so many of my heroes on Aww. that Friday night. It was really, really awesome. Um, talked to a lot of really cool people. Um, and always just like when I got overwhelmed, I just dipped into a panel and I just sat there for an hour, you know, and they were really cool mm-hmm. and really informative and really awesome. Um, and then Saturday was fucking wild. <laughs> like <laughs> Saturday is just like so many, so many people. Um, the cosplay alone, just like nuts. Uh, but yeah, it was overwhelming, but it was everything that I thought it was going to be, um, between like meeting the creators that I love and getting a chance to talk to them and being able to like sit in a room and like, think about comics in a pseudo academic setting, you know, at some of these mm-hmm. panels, which was awesome. And then the thing that surprised me, but not really surprised me was just how kind of, um, inclusive and diverse the whole con was. And I don't know if that's been the case in the past or if this particular year, just everything was just much more diversified and wonderful. But I was, I was so impressed with just the, the diversity of panel topics and just the diversity of the people that were there. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed seeing all these different types of people that just love comics and love sci-fi and fantasy and all that really cool stuff. So in many ways, it was just this like really affirming experience that, yeah, it was overwhelming, but I enjoyed every second of it, um, which I just am so glad I was able to go. And I got to see you guys, except for you, Steve. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be the theme for yeah but uh and you know i wasn't gonna spend money and then i spent money on some really cool shit that like i really oh, yeah. I have you know um so it was just a really awesome experience and i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna go again i was just like i can't pass it up it was just such a cool like affirming weekend um mm-hmm. of everything that i love uh out on the floor fired you back up oh yeah totally like i bought books and then like when i got home sunday like i was like i want to read these books i gotta read these books for the show and like that's why like when i sent you that list of books for this week it was like 10 books long and i was like there's no way and like today i'm like i was just deleting stuff from the note i was like i I didn't read this yeah i might have to delete one of mine later we'll see and like television too like i just wasn't able to get to anything but uh it was it was just an awesome experience Right on. Um, real quick, give me who are name three creators that you came across over the weekend that, that were really pleasant to uh, interact Just with. Just three. Yeah. Well, if you want to go through the whole so list, I'm down people. for that too. I was here's, trying to make it easy for you. Uh, here's the heroes I met and was able to talk to. Uh, I Peter David was awesome. Um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba were there. I almost peed. Oh. 
<gasps> bought a print from Fabio Moon. It was awesome. Um, who else did I talk to? I talked to actually Eric Palicki and Kristen Gudsnuck, friends of the pod. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they were awesome. Um, who else? Claremont. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, that was pretty awesome uh greg pock and marjorie lou like talking to marjorie lou was like a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. like she just has this like way of speaking right into your soul yep and i just (laughs) was sauna there uh sauna was on the women of marvel panel but like oh sauna takeda you're talking about yeah no i asked her and she said no she's in germany okay (laughs) and i was like bummer um who else? Who else? Uh, there was a big moment at the very end of the con that we could talk about <gasps> later when I met my absolute heroes. But uh, we could get there later. But like, yeah, no, it's just, and they're all just sitting there, you know? They're just lined up and you just talk to them. And it's really <laughs> awesome. They're just uh, like normal people. T. Franklin. Jeremy Whitley hung out with us like all weekend. Whitley! Awesome. Whitley. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else, man? So many. They're just so cool. It's so cool. I'm so glad that you had a great time. I had the best time. Fantastic. I think we spent the whole weekend asking Joey if he cried yet. I didn't cry. I did cry at a couple <laughs> of places. You cried at the, the panel, one of them at I least. I did. I cried at Super Asians. I cried at go. Women of Marvel. <laughs> I cried at uh, one of the LGBTQ ones I went to. Oh, I cried at the Raina Talgemeier panel. Oh, God. But he, but he oh, didn't I cry. Cried at the he didn't Talgemeier cry at all. No, no, I didn't cry at the cosplay. Like, like Sunday was family day, I guess. And that's when, like, oh. all the little kitties are dressed up. And I thought I was going to cry. But then, like, when you're about to cry, you get bumped by, like, a 10-foot-tall Venom or something <laughs> like that. Right, like, yeah. Jesus, I was about to have an emotional moment, you know? Like... <laughs> And someone whacks you in the head. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jen Bartell, who we'll talk about later. She was so nice and so mm-hmm. cool to talk to. Um, but yeah, no, it was awesome. I could pull out the list, but like I'd have to go through my notes. But there's just incredible, incredible people just uh, waiting to talk, waiting to chat about their work. Awesome. David Prepos maybe, is uh, there. Maybe awesome. we'll have some of them yeah. on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. More about that uh, some yeah. other time. But come back to me. Get somebody else. Okay, yeah, let's hear from Melissa. Hey. Hey. Uh, Well, as usual, I bought a lot of prints that I said I wasn't going to (laughs) buy. I carried a tube down with me this year with my uh, my new Sirens prints from um, Caitlin Yarsky um, so that I could meet up with her and get them signed. And I said, you know, I've already got these prints. Like, I had three of them shoved inside this little tube. And somehow I managed to shove four more prints inside the tube. Four um, more of Caitlin's or of other people? No, actually, well, th- three more. I, th- I feel like I'm forgetting one, but I can't remember. Um, <laughs> so I'm half asleep right now. Uh, yeah, no, three more. I got a, so I got, no, four more. I got two prints from Tula Lote, um, who, uh, interestingly, I sort of caught like at the end of the last day on my way out the door because I couldn't find her at her booth every time I went there. Um and I was going to buy a print from her, and I, I chose this. She had this great uh, Westworld print. Um, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, I'll take this one. And she's like, oh, you can have that for free. And I said, really? And she's like, yeah. And she flips it over, and it's where she had written her table information on the back yeah. of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> for, like, what hour she was going to be there. She's like, you can have that one. So I so I picked another one, and I bought a different one. So I got two Beautiful prints from her. Um, I got a. I bought my first Batman print from Sean Gord Murphy. Oh, he was there. Oh, he yeah. was. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. One of the so biggest I've... lines at the con too at his table. Damn, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen yeah. him at a con. Really? 
Not that not, not that I can remember, but you know me, I have a terrible memory. Um, yeah, and somehow I got lucky. I walked up to his table, and there was only one person standing there. So <laughs> I, I was surprised when Bob told me there was a line there. I was like, really? I walked right up. Um, but I yeah, I bought uh, the page from the White Knight. Uh, I believe it's issue one with Mister Freeze, and he's looking at his wife inside of the capsule. Oh, you that, bought the actual yeah. page? The beautiful blue, um, that beautiful blue print. Well, not the page. I mean, it's the it's the panel that's on that page. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I remember it being a full page panel, but. Yeah, no, you're probably right. It's got that big, you know, it's all blue. And he's standing there looking at his wife inside of the. Yes. Um, capsule thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I bought that. Um, and then I visited Jen Bartel as well. Um, and I got a beautiful um, bubbling print from her. Which is, if you don't know, it's Princess Bubble, Princess Bubblegum, and um, and Marceline. Uh, it's the kind of, I guess, shipping them together. Um, so it's this really adorable picture of the two of them, sort of as adults, like cuddling and looking out at the Candy Kingdom together. Um, wow. And Jem Bartel, like uh, like Joey already mentioned, is absolutely lovely to speak to. Um, she shared a couple funny stories with me about different things that had happened to her at cons and different people that had sketchbooks. Cause I was carrying my sketchbook around. Um, and she's just lovely. Um, and Sean is also amazing. And he grabbed my sketchbook out of my hand and happily scribbled a, uh, a really badass Batman in here for me, which I'm going to share on Twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. tonight. Sweet. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I did, I did not forget my sketchbook this year. So I got yeah. some new sketches. Uh, I got, I got um that Batman and I also got a beautiful um vampire female vampire from Vanessa Del Rey. Ooh. Um, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> like she... the, the little things from uh, Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, aliens in the, the car. She <laughs> 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 was very busy. Uh and so I had to leave it with her for quite a while, but you know, she was also really awesome to talk to. Uh she was super friendly and cool. Um, and I stopped and saw my buddy Joe Canonis, and he drew a little uh, Howard the Duck in here for me. Whoa, nice! Like, with a glass of whiskey in his hand. Hiccuping. Um, <laughs> yeah, hiccuping. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and I broke what I said the last time I was on the show about how I don't go to panels, and I actually went to two panels this weekend. Yeah. Which might be the very first time in like six years of cons that I've sat through two complete panels. I love the What'd panels. Yeah, I just I, I I don't have the patience to like stand in line and sit through the whole thing. But both of these, I sat through the entire thing. Which ones um, did you go to? I went to Good Omens, which was actually the very first thing that Carolyn and I did when we arrived in the city. We went directly to the Good Omens panel mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. David Tennant was there, <laughs> and we wanted to get some David Tennant in our eyes this weekend. Jessica, um, sorry. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Neil Gaiman and David Tennant. Um, Michael Sheen and um, um, Ian McShane. Who am I forgetting? No, um, John Hamm. John Hamm, which was such oh, a lovely surprise. That's I right. He plays one of the Archangels, right? Yeah, I didn't know he was going to be on there. And I, it was kind of hard to see him from the angle we were at, but I heard him talk and I was like, oh, that's John Hamm. Oh, I can um, see him. I can see my head right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love so, him. That was that was really cool, and they showed us a, a trailer for that and talked a lot about it, and it looks super funny. I can't wait to see it. I'm really excited for it now. Um, it's not coming till next year, but you know, it did look it looked very funny. Um, and 
my favorite panel of the whole weekend, my favorite, one of my favorite things of the whole weekend was the What We Do in the Shadows panel. Oh, loaded. How was the pilot? Loaded, loaded. It was good. It was really good. I'm very <laughs> excited for it. Uh, Jermaine Clement is not in the show this year or Taiko Itidi, um, but they have a whole new cast. But there's a female vampire in the house this time. And there's another, I don't want to give anything away, but there is another different kind of vampire in the house this time. Ooh. Which was very unexpected and had everybody in the entire theater rolling <laughs> in their seats. Was it a Twilight vampire? Did it sparkle? No, but there was a reference to sparkly Twilight vampires. Good. Um, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was absolutely hysterical. I'm super excited. It's coming in uh, spring of 2019 Yeah. on FX. And you saw Taika. I did. I did. So the other thing I did was I just stopped and chatted with a few random creators that I've had conversations with through the year to kind of, you know, face to face. Um, Kelly Sue. Thank you very much, Bob. Um, I was so, so anxious to see Kelly Sue. I haven't seen her in like five years. And I got to stand there and witness her um, giving a, a great little explanation to a little girl about the kind of phenomenon of like duck lips and, and why uh, why she feels like women do this kind of thing and why we don't need to do it. And it was amazing to listen to her, you know, inspire a little girl mm-hmm. and, and her whole family, her mom and her dad, everybody standing by in awe, just listening to her speak. Isn't so, there something about like standing on equal footing by both of you making a ridiculous face? Mm-hmm. Something to that effect? Yeah, rather than a pose that does. But she went through a whole scientific yeah. explanation of cheekbones. and <laughs> Yeah. It was amazing. And women are brilliant, and they figured out how to use, you know, every every little thing that they can to, to get ahead in social media and blah, blah, blah. And we don't need to do that because we're brilliant, and we're going to find another way to do that, you know. It was amazing. And this little girl just standing there with her mouth hanging open. It's like, oh, man, to be that little girl. <laughs> Listen to this from Kelly Sue at that age. What a good start. Um, so she's, you know, Kelly's always amazing and I was so happy. It was very brief, but I was so happy to see her. Um, Jeremy Whitley, as Joey said, spent the whole weekend with us. He's always awesome. We had lots of great conversations. So many that I think it was like, I felt bad that we were like holding, we like held him hostage for the weekend. (laughs) Uh, He had a good time too, I hope. Yeah. Uh, I saw my buddy, I saw my buddy Taylor Esposito, who is a a letter. Um, and I, I see him, um, try to see him every year at the con and, I'm hoping we can maybe get him on at some point to talk mm-hmm. to us more about letters and lesser talked about side of comics. Amen. Totally. Um, and my, my friend, Bill Sinkovich, Bill Sinkovich. Um, I saw him and that was where I ran into Taika Waititi, which I killed myself like five seconds after I, I was standing there waiting to speak with Bill very patiently, trying to be polite. There was other people there and, um, and he kept kind of looking at me and smiling, like, I'll be right there. And then Taika just sort of ran up to him and starts, like, launched into this big conversation. And I was kind of stuck standing there, like, awkwardly two feet away from them, like, too close to, like, back away, but kind of, like, close enough to hear the entire conversation. And I didn't want to be rude and interrupt, but I'm standing there like, crap, I really want to see you, Taika. <laughs> but as soon as they finished talking, then he sort of rambled something about making a, a, a flight. And then he literally like danced, ran in and then like danced, <laughs> ran out again. <laughs> it's like some kind of weird phenomenon. <laughs> like, oh, well, I just stood really close to Taika Waititi. I didn't get a picture or get to say hi, but you know, he was there. Um, but yeah, Bill is awesome too. He was super cool. Um, I was wearing my, uh, my, um, 
what the hell was I wearing that day? My Louise costume that day from Bob's Yes. Burgers. And Bill, like, grabbed my bunny ears and was like, I feel like you should have little fists on these. Little angry fists. <laughs> <laughs> because we had the, you know, the last time we talked was a very thorough conversation about comic skate and, yeah. Hmm. And, and raging about that. So I think he just, he's like, I wasn't angry enough, apparently. Um, but yeah, he's a super cool guy. Um, and he had the most plush booth at the entire mm. con, I think. He had Literally. this, like, fluffy, plush, white carpet. Really? <laughs> Four wow. inches high. You could just go I there and like relax. I just, yeah, I felt like yeah. I just stepped into, like, the Playboy Mansion or something. It was, like, <laughs> white walls and, like, white shag carpet. <laughs> like, wow. And, like, two two posters. Yeah, like, a yeah. couple pictures on the wall. And then and two ladies working there with him, <laughs> like, handling everything. Um but yeah, it was awesome. Um, and they had the best bathroom ever. Yes. <laughs> Can we just talk about this bathroom? <laughs> Carolyn and I went it. into this bathroom. Oh, are you talking about the one with the line that you didn't know it was what it was? No. no, no, no. Are you talking about a bathroom at the Javits Center that has yes. wine in it? No, 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 wine. No, there line. was a bathroom with wine. What are you talking no, no, about? No, there's no bathroom with wine. A line. A, a line. Oh, I, oh, line. I thought you said there was if wine. Was a, I'm like, what the? If it was a bathroom with wine, I would have No, it was a haunted bathroom. It was. It was so rad. <laughs> I don't think Carolyn enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> but you, I went into this bathroom and I go in the stall and I realize like the walls look like old wood. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look around and the entire inside of the bathroom was wallpapered to look like the the inside. Of, I assume the inside of the house at, from the Haunting of Hill House. Okay. There were like Haunting of Hill House promos all over the place, even out in the city. Yeah, that um, show is so good. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, <laughs> creepy family photos on the walls inside the bathroom and then you you go out and there's like music creepy music playing and then you go out to wash your hands and like the lights flicker off and this ghost face shows up in the mirror and Get just out. like screams yeah. at yeah. you yeah. aggressively Where? <laughs> so they, they did it in the very back steve it's like the very back bathroom on the floor and yeah. like i did the same thing and got on the line but we didn't know what it was at first and like i was going to like pee my pants and we were waiting on this line and they were only letting like three people in at a time me and my sister-in-law were like dancing and we get in there and like we were like are you kidding me like, we had no idea what it was at first until we got up there. And it was a disclaimer. We were, like, ready to piss our pants. <laughs> I had no idea. I, like, I just went in to go to the bathroom. And I, yeah. Carolyn was in another booth. And I went, wow, this bathroom is awesome. And she's like, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm just trying to pee. <laughs> so do you think they had, like, one per? Like, there was one, um, like, uh, male bathroom and, and female bathrooms? Like, no, one... This was all inclusive. Yeah, it was which inclusive. is kind of yeah. Why well, we figured yeah. there was a line because well, people were just running. It was in the middle. Did you actually yeah. use the bathroom? Yes. Yeah. It's a bath. Of course, it's I used the bathroom. It was a, a working bathroom. I'm so confused. Right it was now. a real bathroom. It was just a haunted bathroom. Haunted bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> it was oh, a haunted house bathroom. It was a haunted house bathroom. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. That um, sounds pretty cool. It's they also. Shit out of you, I bet. Yeah, and, uh, which by which by the way, yeah. I want to point yeah, out. <laughs> I want to point out that I noticed that the um, what was the all-inclusive bathroom is what used to be known as the women's bathroom in the back of the Javits, That's and true. the men still had their bathroom. They're, yeah, but we got so we they got basically the just ones. turned the women's bathroom into an all-inclusive bathroom, which yeah. is a very interesting approach to that, I think. <laughs> and I'm like, we're just going to have twice as many people in the women's bathroom now. This doesn't seem really fair. 
Like, I'd like to know why they, you know, where this idea came of, like, turning the women's bathroom into the all-inclusive. I think they all should be all-inclusive. Let me just say that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. why did the women's bathroom get commentated as the all-inclusive yeah. and the men's bathroom and was the haunted separate? one. Yeah, and the haunted like, one, though. We I mean, I'm okay with the haunted thing. Here, listen, I'm going to solve this for you right up. now. We were the dead. men's bathroom is already haunted. <laughs> it's, already, it's already too much. Oh, boy. So it was a great weekend. And, of course, hanging out with everybody. Our meetup this year was Yeah, incredible. I want to hear about it. We're not, go, we're not going there yet. I want to move around the table a bit okay. more. Then you can all dogpile on the awesome meetup. <laughs> um, let's hear from Jess. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, I actually, I had a great time. I only got to go one day this year because I had other uh, other things that I had to attend to that I had I had prior prior obligations that I had to fulfill. But it was great. I had a great time. You know, um, I spent a lot of time running around, like, <laughs> not knowing where I was going because I was trying to hit everything for, like, one day. Um, but I spent most of the morning in Artist Alley and got to talk to a lot of great people. As as with these guys, every, I think all of us must have went up separately and talked to Jen Bartel. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, every yeah. single one of us went up there and probably she's probably, like, by the end of, like, I like these talking comics people are just crazy. Um, uh <laughs> I spent a lot of time getting stuff for friends because I have a small apartment that is like filled wall to wall with stuff. So I went and uh, I got some prints from her for friends, <laughs> some friends of our podcast. And I got to talk to, you know, just a bunch of people that were really cool. I spent a lot of my con like looking for books that I can't pick up on the shelves because like really like I can, because I have like the connection that I do, like I can ask Anthony to order anything I ever want. So I always look for books that I can't order and I'll talk about those. Those are actually part of my lightning round. So Ooh. I met a couple people that were, you know, a couple mm. books that were like self published and they were really good. Um, one was a web comic. One was a book, you know, a, a kid's book. And that's what I spent a lot of my time doing was walking around and just finding some awesome stuff that maybe I can't get like every day at the store and it was a good time um i also spent a lot of time drinking by the end of the i saw i saw joey and bob at the end of the day and like we had like a stack of yellow cups. oh my god yeah. like, Steve, only you will get this she had brian's staff of natty light but in yellow brooklyn <laughs> defender cups oh god we, yeah we, like like yeah, eight yeah. or nine yellow <laughs> You know, I both admired him for that stunt and felt really bad for him at the same time. A, a, a friend of ours, Jess, at one of Jackie's parties must have drunken an entire case of Natty Lights and taped them together with duct tape yeah. as a wizard staff. Yeah, so every time that he that he finishes one, he adds it to the staff. And then throughout the night, you see it gets longer and longer. Yeah, I still remember the time when he picked me up and tried to throw me in the pool and then slipped and went in with me with his yeah. phone in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what we had going on with, like, it was not just all of my cups. We did not get drunk. Uh -huh. We just stayed oh. perpetually, like, tipsy the whole day. Like, it started, yeah, it was, the line to get a beer was shorter than the line to get water, okay? Absolutely, I'm not, I'm absolutely. Not <laughs> I'll, I'll, I did the same thing. It's like, you know, I was going to get coffee. Yeah, but, but I don't want to wait a half hour for a cup of coffee. It's probably yeah, a really good thing that that was the case. I can't imagine an entire Comic Con that's drunk. That would be oh. awful. Oh. Yeah, that, you know, I, and we were we weren't drunk, but we definitely were in like a nice happy place of like <laughs> be, it was beer o'clock all day. That was like, <laughs> that was that was pretty much how we spent a lot of it. But we had a great time. We did a lot of we did the Shira experience, and we have like gifts of us like riding on like. <laughs> 
this and like all sorts of crazy. We did a lot of that. Um, I went with my mm-hmm. sister-in-law, my good friend, Andrea. So, you know, I didn't get to hit up a lot of panels. They're not really, they left me alone in the morning. I was like, yeah. guys, like I'm going to walk through Artist Alley and you're going to go away. <laughs> and they, and they have were like, you, all right. See you have later. you seen the Shira trailer yet? Um, yeah, we got to watch. They had it like when we were there and we watched you were able to like download. it. Oh, I'm so ready to watch that. I am. I am. So we did, you know, I walked around with a Shira crown on all day. Like, that's all I wanted too. like, I saw them in the morning and I'm like, where is that? How do we get one? (laughs) Like they had swords, but they wouldn't, they like ran out of swords and wouldn't give us a sword. And I was really disappointed. I was like in tears. I was like, no, I want a sword. (laughs) My childhood is ruined. My my day is ruined. Um, Yeah. I also hit up the haunted bathroom as well, but did not know that it was the haunted bathroom. And, and like we were going to pee our pants though. And then we were like, what is happening? Like, because at first it was just like a, a guy in a black shirt and there was a disclaimer like on the wall, like, like saying like this attraction, we're like, why is it an attraction? And we were just asking the guy, like, all we want to know is if we could pee. And he was like, yes. And we were like, okay, so we can go in there and go to the bathroom. It's an actual bathroom. And he was like, yes. And very serious. And we were like, all right. So we waited in line for like 20 minutes for the bathroom and got in there. But the girl next to us in line that went in with us, like we were by that point, like losing our minds because we all had to go. She actually scared the crap out of me and reached underneath the bathroom stall and like grabbed my <laughs> leg while I was peeing and I will give her credit. But then she shared her popcorn with us afterwards. So it was OK. Um, Into yeah, the yeah. bathroom if you dare. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And, you know, um, we did we did get to drive in on Saturday night. Um to hang out with everybody and that was a lot of fun too so but yeah you know just a good good day of running around enjoying some comics bought some stuff for friends and uh you know just spent spent the day hanging out with dan we like to do this stuff together so i'm jealous that you got to go to jed bartell's table i can't remember a time when she was at a con for me um i really dig her style very very talented she's lovely um i also got to i got to see my buddy matt sumo he was actually sharing a uh, a booth with uh kristen and i he was like yeah i've never really met her but she seems really nice and i'm like yeah she's like been on her show she filled in for me one week like she's lovely (laughs) and um yeah no i know matt from from the comic book store he worked for he did some work for double take comics before they closed he did the book dedication he is super fabulous guy he was always awesome came into the store and signed whenever we asked him to just really nice dude so i was really excited to see matt uh because he's just a lovely human being so awesome can i tell you the funny little story that jen told me sure, um, sure. it's super short she basically just said that there was a guy who used to walk around with a sketchbook and would ask artists just to draw a circle on a page because apparently it's really really difficult for artists to draw a nice circle <laughs> um without like you know and she said it made everybody feel really like you know um awkward and kind of like in like in in like uh what's the word you know not good enough um, self-conscious self-conscious and you know um and she said the only artist that she saw in that book that had an absolutely perfect circle was joe canonis <laughs> and i think she referred to him as that jerk joe canonis was the only one that could draw a perfect <laughs> circle <laughs> she seemed a little bitter <laughs> That's awesome. Who else was awesome? I talked to was Cat Stags. She was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Really awesome conversation. Really lovely. So yeah, that was another one. Uh, Bob, why don't you take us a bit through the con and then lead us into Saturday night's hangout? Sure. Let Let me say I want one thing, Joey, that you were talking about that just because we've been doing this a while that diversity and inclusiveness that is something that's been growing. Totally. 
it, it, it is when we first did our, our our get the passes and look, we're the working press and sat there on the floor and recorded in, in some hallway <laughs> down the end. It was it was just beginning to look a little different, but it's hard to tell because it's New York and it's it's diverse to begin with. But each year it's been more representative of not only the, the city it's in, but what where fandom is going. Families, young people, women, people of color. You, you, I can't tell you how many languages I heard over the weekend. Mm. And everyone just so engaged. And again, maybe it's because it's New York, but within fandom, there are always these little segments where somebody will, you know, pee in somebody else's cornflake, so to speak. <laughs> but this is all everybody's fine with each other. It, it, is, it is stunning to watch, you know, in what's been called the most aggressive city on the planet where people, you know, will uh, rampage through to get across the street. Except for those people who are new at this and don't get, even though there are big signs, that this, they, they shouldn't stop in the middle of a crowded show floor aisle to take a picture of a giant uh, bumblebee from Transformers. <laughs> I get it. He's 10 feet tall. Can you get to the end of the aisle? But it was glorious. The uh, there were, They don't have the final numbers out yet. I At least I haven't seen them. They expected 250,000 people. And the over their years, even just R six, the change in how quickly they were getting people through, and this year included scans of bags, not only looking into your bag but running them through scanners, metal detectors, the whole thing. Awesome. They must they must have had just on the one side ten or twelve different scanners to walk through. You got in a, in a decent hurry, and mm-hmm. all things considered, now Artist Alley, remember it used to be down the north end. Yeah. Well, that's under construction. Last year, they moved it into this little ballroom, and it was hellacious. Oh, it was, it was so packed. Yeah. This so what they do with it this year? It is in that space that used to be where the celebrities and the photo ops were. So okay. It's, it's on in that lower level between Artist Alley and the panels. So you didn't have to go wandering across the entire Javits Center to get from a panel to an artist or a signing that you couldn't make it because you got tied up in that bottleneck. Right. Now it was, wow, I, you'd pop back and forth. Brilliant. Uh, brilliant bit of logistics. I hope they keep it that way. I know the oh, artists are comfortable, too. It's yeah. nice and cool down there. Absolutely. I, yeah, it was so much better. Just occurred to me that they lost all that bathroom space in that yeah. place that's under construction. Yeah. yeah that is sucks. Four, so it used to be to the bathrooms. two go. Yeah. yeah. Those were the best yeah. bathrooms. They never had a line. Mm. Now, by the way, the empanadas, they're still not there. They had three or four other booths, and they were awful. I was disappointed. You didn't miss that. I was disappointed with the empanadas the last time that they were there. I don't think it was the same company. No, they were were, like, "Go ahead." We well, (laughs) they had a sign: beef, chicken, spinach, vegetarian. Okay. So Aaron Amos, our friend of the podcast, was trying to get, you know, a a, a vegetarian or spinach empanada, and so we 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 went up to the one booth. It was maybe four o'clock. All we have left is chicken. And the chicken was dry and awful and whatever. If you drowned it in hot sauce, it was edible. So I went, okay, you know, first thing in the morning on Sunday, I'm going there at, at whatever it is, quarter after 10, 
And I'm going to get a spinach because that's that's my thing. It, it's quarter past ten in the morning. Not sold out. Come on, you can't be sold out. Bob, we went to. Um, I don't think you were with me at this point, but we went to another one on the on the um, first floor, and she had like three shelves full of empanadas, and we walked up, and she said they're all chicken. Oh come on, they're See, all chicken. I'm, I'm like, about. what? It's the bait and switch. It was, a, yeah. it was just trying to trick. get rid of the dry ass chicken that they all have. Yeah, it, it was leftover chicken cutlets, so when they <laughs> round them up or whatever. Uh, but again, logistically, much much better. It seemed as if the off-site things seemed to really work better as well. In that the timing between them and related panels inside seemed to be stretched out to give people enough time to get back and forth, which mm-hmm. is great. The weather mostly cooperated. I will say, however, I want to apologize to any one of our listeners or who read my pre-cap of the show where I told them to take the 7 train to the Hudson Yards. The MTA shut down the 7 line for the whole weekend. Yeah, pretty yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you very much. That's, it's a gorgeous station. I get it. they got to fix it up. It's new, but please. Uh, not good. But I went to, uh, of course, I'm a panel person, so I did a lot of those, too. But also, of course, you got to go see the artist. So, yes, uh, I went to see Jen Bartell, too. And she is absolutely (laughs) glorious. She even gave me my wallet back when I left it on her table. (laughs) (laughs) I was so engaged in talking to her and packing up what I had bought that I walked away and left my wallet sitting there right on her table. And she got some girl to chase after me and give me a wallet. Sir, you left your wallet here. Uh, I, as, as Jess was talking about, I did a lot of gift buying. It's not that far from Christmas. So here's an opportunity to buy one of a kind things. My, my friend Ed, who the, uh, I work with at 112 Video, big horror fan. I didn't get to go to these. He went to uh, the concerts in Brooklyn where John Carpenter played his movie music with with an orchestra and clips playing behind him. Mm-hmm. That's well, awesome. His, his wife has a table, Sandy King, and... They're selling a Blu-ray of, of the concerts that she directed with the clips and the band concert and everything else. So I hope Ed's not listening because that's his Christmas gift. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's uh, picked up that. Of course, hit, hit Marguerite Bennett for a couple of things. Got a bombshell sign and animosity, which is uh, licensed out to legendary films mm-hmm. for next year, which should be fun. She also has a project coming that she couldn't talk about, but she's been wanting to write since she started writing for comics. Nice. Like, okay, please, can't you? So, who knows? Some of these folks we may actually end up seeing here. So, I went, of course, went to see Katie Cook, because you got to go see Katie Cook. Her, her lines are bigger than ever this year, Steve. Oh, I believe it. It's gotten it's gotten crazy over in Pony Corner over there. But I guess so. I did get something, a lovely a lovely art book. Uh Agnes Garboska is is always lovely, of course. So, uh, hung out uh, at, at Kristen Gudsnuck's table for a while, which was fun. And I one time I went over there, and she said, "You should have been here three minutes ago." But someone just stepped up here and said, "I'm buying your book because the guys on Talking Comics are always talking about." It. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And, yeah. and she 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 was very happy about that. It was just you know, thanks so much. Yeah, uh, I. As I said last week, the thing I want to do first was to run to Sarah Pacelli. And, of course, I ran there first, and she wasn't there yet. <laughs> so I wandered around a bit and then saw, you know, uh, Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader, 
and wandered my way back around. And she was there. She had she was already doing her commission list, which is fairly large. She didn't have much on the table. No prints. Had some variant FF one covers. And I I was saying to her, obviously that's my my book and how many of them I crazy own. And I said to her, you know, in all that's gone on with this book over the last couple of years, that when I heard you were doing this book with Dan Slott, it really made me very happy. And she had a little smile, and I would swear she got a little emotional like yeah i, I that guess was nice to hear yeah you know, I, I, creators on new books sometimes hear all this internet crapola and yeah but it's it, it isn't just saying stuff for me it is because the book's been glorious so that that was a heck of a lot of fun saw a panel called sketch fighter live where it was uh amy reader tim silly uh, todd nock and some comedians all playing what amounted to you know pictionary in a very sort of profane kind of way, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so Amanda, Connor, and Jimmy Palmiotti about owning your own stuff. The panel with Denny O'Neill about 1968. Image panels. The DC All-Star panel, which is Steve Orlando and Kelly Sue talking about Aquaman, which was pretty intense. We saw, um, saw an Archie panel. I mean, I went to an Archie panel. And... One of these days, they John Goldwater swears the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina will come back out as a book. <laughs> It'll be an <laughs> adaptation of the Netflix series. Yeah, probably. Oh, uh, wait till you see it. Oh, they showed the, they showed some clips, and it does look awesome. They did also mention that Cullen Bunn is doing a Blossom series. Blossoms, really? What? Blossom six six six, which John Goldwater said his daughter had come up with. And it's what if you cross the blossoms with the omen so they're like the Antichrist? Get the f- oh, Are you yeah. kidding me? No, no, no. No, that's news. That is true, obvious, real, real news. Colin Bunn is doing this? Yes, Colin Bunn is doing it. <laughs> oh, my Colin, God. Colin, Colin Bunn and Stephanie Hans. What? what? No. No, I'll look, I'll no, look up, no, I'll, no. I'll look up my notes. I will tell you for sure. That's time. unreal. <laughs> There's no way that that's happening. You were gonna have to prove this to me. That's I, like, I will not. When they announced the uh, the at the Women of Marvel panel, they announced the Suska sisters and Fabiano ah! doing the Black Widow book. I was like, that's not real. There's no way that's real. And then they showed some some uh, covers for it, and I was like, holy shit! If Cullen yes. Bunn is working with Stephanie Hans, I'm just gonna faint, and you and Joey are gonna have to host the rest of the show. <laughs> well, I'm so, I'm sorry, it's Laura Braga. Ah! Also awesome. Yes. No, that is awesome. I just yes, you had but, me. You had yeah, me. I had you. I had you there. But okay, still, uh, yeah. The the Women of Marvel panel was was pretty amazing uh, in general, and that uh, that the that Jen and Sylvia Saskar are doing a Black Widow series. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Friday Friday was pretty big because that was the Femnet Magnifique signing. Ooh. Which yeah, that that was pretty intense when you, you're sitting there and we're waiting in line. It was uh, Aaron and I. And I had wandered up to that booth fairly early to see, well, I got shut out last year because, you know, everyone got online for John Byrne and came back in this case. And there were only about 20 people online. But when lined up at the front of the IDW booth to sign is Jill Thompson T. Franklin, Allison Sampson, Kieran Gillen, Dan Parent, and Kelly Sue. 
And Shelly Bond's hanging out too while 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 we're at it. Shelly, it's quite the motley crew. Yeah, it it took a while to get people through the line. So actually, I bought I brought my copy with me. Brought, bought a second one and got they're, they're signed everywhere. Which uh, what I should have done, I didn't think of this. I I could have gotten four or five more signatures downstairs because there were some other folks wandering the room. And you know, sometimes you don't think of these things. No. We also we also met a, a, a young woman named Fariha Imami, who has a podcast of her own. She she's part of some other network of podcasts, and she does Fangirls Assemble. Oh, I've heard of that. And, right, and and we she said one of the nicest things that that's ever been said to me. We were chatting about. You know diversity in comics and how we're this sort of uh, we have our own podcast and we've been thought of as a everybody friendly place. And I gave her my card and she was, you know, your podcast was held up to me as the example of how we should do what we want to do. Get out of here! Yeah, no lie. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? Yeah, that's awesome. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you think you're shouting into the ether. And then we get some of the letters we do, and so um, Fariha has asked me to come guest on her show one of these days. So, oh, nice. Aww. So I will definitely, definitely want to take her up on that. So if she's listening, I have a, I have an email you sent me today. I, I will get to that. Now. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so altogether, it was just an amazing chance to speak to all sorts of fun folks. And I know you want me to talk about Saturday, so we will. We... We were struggling to get out of there. We were we just kept running into folks and chatting as we all sort of assembled a little bit. We start out of out of the, the Javits and of course the whole weekend the weather's mostly really nice except Saturday night it starts to get misty and drizzly. You walk oh, out of the just Javits, like every other year. You couldn't you literally couldn't see the Empire State Building. The top like thirty stories were covered in fog. It's like, okay, we need to stop to get something to eat. We get we went to the TikTok, you know the one right by the hotel on Thirty mm-hmm. Fourth Street. Yeah, the diner. Right. The the line was out the door, and the, the uh, do you call someone in a diner like that a mater D Joey? You're the, you're the English teacher. Help me out here. The, the host. <laughs> the host. The host was not very hosty. It was kind of grumbly and whatever, and no one was really moving at all. It's you know. I'd hate to be late to my own party. So you guys, you guys have eggs. I'll just walk across to the Algonquin, which is already, even from there, it's another 20 minutes or so. so all right, let me get over there. I go to sit down, and the, the fellow there is the host. And well, How many? I went, well, I'm one right now. But it's quickly going to be five and then eight, and then maybe it's going to be, I don't know, 14, 16? So I sat there a while, and then a waiter who may or may not have recognized me, or maybe I just looked like I belonged because I had a tuxedo jacket on, said, well, how many How many are you going to be? I went, well, a lot. He went, well, come over here to the couch. We'll figure this out later. So all of a sudden, you know, the crowd starts to wander in, and, and it's it's Jeremy. We had uh, Blue Girl 718, so hi, hi, and her niece Autumn. We, uh, Maria Schweitzer showed up from out here on the island. Uh, really? New artist. Oh, this is this is yeah. just this. This whole part is just going to piss me yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Jo- Justin and, and Matt Wood, and Dan and Jess, and then 
Chris from Australia and Whitley and of course Melissa and Carolyn and Aaron. <laughs> yeah. We ended up yeah. with the whole middle of the restaurant was I think but, you missed yeah. um you missed uh Brian, Matt's co host from Ben Summer. Yes, yes I did. Um and uh Danica, who's yes. a a regular player on Talking Games. There you go. Thank you, Melissa. So we're at we're at a point where they're moving the tables together like Tetris pieces <laughs> to try to create this pyramid effect of tables. Yes, Joey's right. We went from they were one so wall, annoyed with us. One wall to the other. I, I think the waiter was happy. <laughs> um, we had cocktails and there was dessert and apple fritters galore and conversation among all sorts of groups about all sorts of things. I had cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, you did. Fabulous, uh, fabulous meetup, and I'll uh, that one we had where it was all of us, where Mara was here, and we did the beer garden. That was mm-hmm. fun, but it was hard to really have a conversation at place. We had lots of them here, and mm-hmm. I think that was, it was really sort of special. What did everybody else think? I, I've monopolized this for like the last eighty years. <laughs> Anybody have any shout-outs or anything they want to say about Saturday night? I thought it was awesome. I was really impressed with the amount of people that came out. And uh, I think the the only downside was that it was <laughs> we were spread out so far. It was kind of hard to, you know, I just started, started kind of jumping up and moving around to different uh-huh. chairs to make sure I could say hi to everybody. Because <laughs> it felt like you couldn't you couldn't hear anybody that was more than two chairs away, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was really cool. It was, uh, you know, I get to I get to meet Matt for the first time in person, Joey for the first time in person. Uh, Brian, you know, I just, there was a lot of, there were a lot of firsts and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, what was the, Bob, what was oh. the nice girl's name that sat next to me? The Maria. woman. Oh, yeah. Maria. Maria. She was, Maria she was Schweitzer, super cool. Yeah. She was super cool. I'd never spoken to her before and she was really fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a talented cat. She's been, uh, yeah. posted all of her Inktober stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, sh- I, yeah. I showed her book that she's not thrilled with. She, she's going back to redo some of it. I showed it to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. He was sitting right next to me. And he, he just said, this is beautiful. And, and she had this, Maria had this smile. It was just so great to, to... and then they're the last together. Bit. Bringing people um, together at 1130 out of nowhere. Cause we were there a long time. Oh my God. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I got home about two o'clock in the morning. Did we mention, did we mention Rachel Riviera too? No, Rivera? I forgot yeah. Rachel. Who I yeah. spent the uh, Marvel panel with. Yeah. Yes. At Geek Therapy. She was there yep. too. Yep. Um, I the love that minute. panoramic shot that you took, Melissa. Yeah, I tried. It was funny because Maria was sitting next to me the whole time, going, "Do you know how to do this? Is it going to work?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm trying." <laughs> <laughs> and and so works. I noticed both her, her and Carol and their faces were blurry because Maria was turning her head and talking to me while I was doing it. <laughs> and Carolyn, as soon as I got to her, she decided to like turn and look at me really fast. So they both have blurry faces on the edges of the photo. Jacob's ladder face. I know. I like, there's got to be a way to get everybody in this picture. I don't know if it's going to work. I never use this option on my camera. <laughs> well, there is one person who isn't, Melissa. It's you. You weren't in that picture. Yeah. No. I was in the, Actually, I was in the very was classy there. piano photo. Yes. Andy the, and I the were piano. not there yet. We are not there yet. Well, that's so right. Yes. Tear. Tear. It's okay. It's all right. It's a classy you... piano. Yeah, we do have yeah. the, the classy piano. The classy yeah. piano pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, at the very last minute, Kristen Gudsnock turned up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, just awesome. say hi. The whole thing. Like, I, yeah. I, and the other thing that I just want to, like, say before we wrap this whole thing is, like, it was a, it was a great reminder that, like, all these creators that we talk about on the show, and even people going all the way up to, like, I realized it when I was in the C.B. Sabolsky Marvel fanfare panel, where it was just him at a table talking to a whole room of fans. Like, all they're all fans. They just love comics and they love these characters and they love the medium and they just love talking about it and uh you know cb was just sitting there talking about how he got into comics and then he took like 45 minutes worth of questions from fans and i was just like no in no other field really like in no other art form would you get this you know where you could just walk around and talk to people about something that you both mutually love it just so happens that they you know also get to create it and work on it and like put stuff out that we get to read but like every panel i get to go to like the lgbtq panels were awesome and just like learning about new creators and then asking them you know what do you love and they always had an answer they always had an answer for what books are you reading you know and it was diverse and wonderful. And like we went to the super Asians panel and that was like standing room only. Like I was just so pleased to see like just all of these fans interacting from the creators down to the, just the people dressed up and everybody else. Like it was just a wonderful, wonderful communal experience in a way that, you know, you don't just really normally get. And, you know, maybe we need more stuff like that. Yeah. If the world ran like a con, we'd be in better shape. (laughs) I really admire Joey's energy. Let me just say that. This dude, first Comic-Con, went four days. Four days. And on Saturday night, (laughs) after a full day, at your third full day at the con, had it, it, I don't know if you had one drink or a couple drinks, at one point, was like laying back in the chair, like look like he had was, yeah, he was like, totally was passed out. Like Joey, I think Joey's gonna fall asleep. He's done, and he was like, "I'm so done. I need to go to sleep." And then 15 minutes later, he's on his feet, like I have so many ideas. My <laughs> <laughs> brain is just like expelling go, all of these ideas. Like what yeah. the hell, man? He's stop, got like stop. third and fourth waves. <laughs> when when me and Bob first saw him the first night on Thursday night, like me and Bob were like done. We're sitting there talking to him. Yeah. First off. That picture that she said Joey sent me a picture and a text message. I was supposed to be somewhere and I get this like sad face and he comes over to us. He was like so happy and excited. He was so excited to be there. He's like, I'm going to this panel. I'm 15 minutes late. It doesn't matter. What are you guys doing? Like he was just so excited. It was so fun. I love talking about comics. That's why I'm on the podcast. I think the point is we all relived our first time through Joey this week. Yes. Yeah, it was really fun to see you so excited about it. It was awesome meeting the listeners and stuff. Steve, I just have one thing left. Yeah, yeah, I have I have one thing con related as well, well sort of. Go ahead. It was I missed a panel because it was standing room and they capped it and I was very upset about it. It was nonfiction graphic novels and I really wanted to go to it. So then I was like, oh well, I, you know, I'm just gonna go see what else I can go into. And I wandered into a panel on Anna and the Apocalypse. Do you know oh, what this yes. is, Steve? It's yes. a zombie christmas musical movie (laughs) and they were showing clips from it and i immediately texted my roommates and i texted everyone i I was like we're going to see this movie 10 times (laughs) because it's everything i want (laughs) zombie movie christmas movie musical let's go (laughs) and i'm so hyped for it and i just wandered into it and i'm so glad because now i just took that away 
And the and and um, another thing, I went to the X Men panel. There's going to be an X a X Men Xmas special with 25 stories in it from different creators. Oof. Get ready! I'm so excited. <laughs> there's 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 one thing you haven't told us about, Joey. What? Oh, your big, your big meeting. Oh. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, it's the last day. It's Sunday. And, Bet like, you can't guess, Steve. Oh, I think tired. I know. I think I know exactly where this is going. Go <laughs> ahead. Go you ahead. You know, it's Sunday, and I'm like, you know, there's only one thing I haven't done at this con yet, and it's meet Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. There like, it is to talk about Wicked <laughs> and Divine and stuff. And you know, I I saw them like give a short interview on Thursday. And then right after that interview, they had to just like bail out because they were just cycling through on interviews. So I missed them that day. And then I didn't see them on Friday or Saturday. Everybody else saw them on Saturday. Like everybody else was like, Joey, we saw Kieran Gillen and Jamie McElvey. We told them about you. Ha ha ha. And I was like, great. Thanks. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I missed them because I got stuck in a panel. And then Sunday was like, it was like, when did we leave? Like three o'clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're texting back and forth. And everyone's like, all right, it's time to go. Like, let's meet up, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do one more lap of Artist Alley before we go, and then we'll go. At this point, I had just been like, I just want to just do a lap and, and you know, kind of just see if there's anybody I missed. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. And I just pick randomly aisle D for no reason. And I just start walking up aisle D. And then I look over to my right, and there they are, Kieran Gillen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And my eardrums. I see Kieran Gillen in his like. I just fancy, fell off my chair. <laughs> I think Joey broke the podcast. Fancy tuxedo jacket. And I see Jamie McKelvey in his unassuming shorts and T-shirt, and I'm like, Oh my god, that's them! Oh my god! And I just like they're talking with somebody, and I do like what Melissa was saying before. I just like walk right up to them, and I'm standing there awkwardly, like two feet away from them, and I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry to. And I just start like vomiting up all this stuff. Um, and they saw my books. They're so nice. Jamie McKelvey's talking to me about like, you know, um, Kieran never brings markers. What are we going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And we borrow a marker from Vanessa Del Rey so they could sign my books. And it was just like a wonderful like meeting that I will relish forever. And then I feel a tap on my shoulder and it's Matt Wood. And he's like, I just was walking up the aisle and I'm so glad I get to witness this meeting that's right awesome now. Um, yeah it was really cool and then we left and i'm like holy shit i didn't take a picture <laughs> and, then, and i didn't take pictures the whole weekend because i just i just feel awkward taking out my phone but like i it was just such a like kismet just like it's time for me to go what's the one thing i haven't done it's not gonna happen and then it happens and it was just a wonderful wonderful experience um and the perfect cap on a perfect weekend with friends that's awesome I um, think it was the last New York City Comic Con that I did. I was rooming with Lauren at the Yotel, which is where Jamie and Kieran stay when they're in New York. And so I saw Kieran at the con, and then I saw Kieran in the lobby of the hotel. Then I saw him again later that day in the elevator. And then I held the door open for him when we were both leaving to go back to the con like the next day or whatever. It got to the point where I went to... Um, like the pharmacy across the street and he was in there too and we both <laughs> met eyes and it was the coolest thing in the world we didn't even say anything to each other we just did like the fight club nod <laughs> and we were both like acknowledging like, yes it's you and it was so hysterical yeah I'm he's a really really cool dude oh yeah totally oh so it was just awesome so wonderful Aww. i'm stoked for you 
Um, super quick before we uh, wrap up our con talk and say goodbye to our Melissa. Conversation. Ah, oh. This whole time. <laughs> um, so uh, just a quick shout out because I want to give this a signal boost. Um, if you heard about uh, Hellboy and David Harbour being at New York City Comic Con and them showing the trailer and whatnot, uh, David Harbour put out a tweet challenge that uh, Spencer and Carly, who Spencer is actually a work buddy of mine, and they're trying to get David Harbour to officiate their wedding as Hellboy. So wow. uh, he agreed to do it if for 666K worth of, worth of retweets for this thing that he put out, but said that he would knock 500K off if Mike Mignola would read a poem at the wedding. So Spencer reached out to Mike, and Mike said that he would absolutely do it so long as David writes it. So now we're down to 166K uh, retweets of David's thing to make this happen. And it's not close yet, but it is going up. I would really appreciate it if anybody could to retweet that tweet specifically and help boost that thing. Because of like when I go on these work trips and I go to visit sets and stuff like that, Spencer has always kind of been around for these things and we chill out and he's super funny and Carly's amazing and it would just be really cool to um, help them along in their, in their goal because the pictures alone will be amazing, not to mention <laughs> the memories. Um, so I'm just going to put that out there. Do what you will. Uh, Melissa. Can I ask you guys one question before I go? Sure. It's kind of con related, but I think it's going to be fun. Um, apparently, uh, Zachary Levi was wandering around New York Comic Con in his uh, Shazam uh, uh, shirt, not the full costume, but he had a shirt, and asking people on the floor if they could tell him what Shazam stands for, the letters in his name. Oh. Um, I watched this whole video, which uh, he was very disappointed to find someone in Shazam cosplay who did not answer it correctly. <laughs> um, but someone eventually did, but it took a lot, a lot of questions. So I'm wondering if any of you guys know what Shazam stands for. I bet Bob does, but... I don't remember from when does we did the know? radio play. I don't recall. No, it's too... It's too I, no. No? Okay, I'll Bob? try. Solomon, Hercules, Achilles, Zeus... Uh, I can't even spell it. Zeus. Um, what's the second A now? Atlas. Atlas. Yes, it is Atlas. Thank you, Joey. And Mercury. So you're almost right, except for you switched up Atlas with Achilles. Okay. It's Wisdom of Solomon, Strength of Hercules, Stamina of Atlas, Power of Zeus, Courage of Achilles, and Speed of Mercury. All right, kids. That's it. Um, and with that, I say goodbye. I like that question. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, Melissa. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you next week. Bye, Jess. I'll see you soon, maybe. Hopefully. I need you to cut my hair, please. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. I got you. All right. Have fun, guys. Thanks. Talk to you later. Good night.
everybody. Let's move on. Let's do some lightning rounds. I think I'm gonna go first this week. Oh, bro. coming in hot. Hey, by the way, <laughs> do we have the lightning round sounds? Are people uh, putting those in for us? I haven't. Uh, I don't. Th- I haven't gotten anything forwarded to me from the uh, head office just yet. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's also but the an offer absurd request. <laughs> it is a bit of an absurd. Request. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but seriously, if anybody's like an audio engineer of any kind. Little, uh, little lightning sounds would be cool. Even if you're not. <laughs> Maybe All right. just you yeah. making sounds into your cell phone. <laughs> I want like kids like, making Wh- lightning sounds. <laughs> Michael yeah. Winslow, we can have him come on and do some. Nice, yeah. <laughs> All right. Lightning round time. I'm going to put five minutes on the clock for myself. Go. All right, so uh, Dead Rabbit number one, written by Jerry Dugan, art by John McCrea. Colors by Mike Spicer and letters by Joe Sabino. It's been 20 years since Martin masqueraded as the Robin Hood-like vigilante thief Dead Rabbit, and his life has been anything but a dream while desperately milking the millions he'd stolen from banks and mob bosses alike. At home, Martin is a caring husband who looks after his sickly wife, Megan. I say caring but one should never lie to their significant other about where you spend your nights, especially if those activities are likely to get you killed. You see, working as a greeter at the local Walmart just isn't cutting the mustard. And what with living in Trump's America and having to pay Megan's medical bills. So what's an ex-vigilante to do? Put the mask back on and follow a shady customer to his hidey hole, that's what. Unfortunately, things go sideways for Martin rather quickly, and before long, the people he stole all those uh, all that money from years ago are alerted to his being back in action and are after him. Dun dun dun. Uh, I had a blast reading Dead Rabbit. I read it in a hospital waiting room, and it kept me in good company. It's got a little of that killer be killed flavor to it, with perhaps a bit more dry humor. I really like Martin as well. Uh, He's something of a cynical asshole, which I can totally relate to. And I think his heart is in the right place. So he gets bonus points for that. Uh, The artwork is also a lot of fun and really helps to create a moody and unpleasant world for Martin to walk within as he dusts off his skills before eventually finding that he's bitten off more than he can chew. Uh, It's super good. I highly recommend it if you want to check it out. Um, next, I want to talk about Juke Joint, number one, written by T. Franklin, art by Aletha E. Martinez, colors by Cherie uh, Shalkama, and letters by Taylor Esposito. The first rule of Juke Joint is that you don't talk about Juke Joint. <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone knows that Juke Joint is the place to dance to the hottest jazz in the swamps, and regulars know that uh, it's upstairs is the place to fulfill any desire. But if you don't obey the rules, you might find yourself on the menu for the dark and dangerous daughters of the voodoo priestess who cares for the women of the bayou. I've been looking forward to this one since the series was teased earlier this year at uh, the 2018 Image Expo, and it did not disappoint. In the absence of Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentine DeLandro's Bitch Planet, both Maneaters and Juke Joint are perfect for scratching that dark fantasy feminist itch. Uh, Mahalia, the voodoo priestess of the swamp, is wonderfully is a wonderfully crafted character that I fell in love with right away. She's commanding, kind-hearted, cunning, 
all in one gorgeous package and she's got vengeance to spare, which is always a treat when following a character into a phantasmagorical fray filled with blood, guts, and enough severed man parts to feed every croc in the swamp. She literally grabs a guy's nuts and rips them off and feeds them to him (laughs) in the book. So good. So amazing. So amazing. The artwork by by Martinez also feels right at home in the murky, moss-covered backwoods of the juke joint's mysterious locale. The gore is top-notch, the characters expressive and hypnotic, and I am definitely willing to obey the rules to keep reading. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put that on the back book. Um, I seriously loved it. I... It was everything that I wanted it to be, even just by looking at the cover when that teaser artwork came out at the Image Expo. I saw that and I was like, ooh, this is going to be mean. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, oh God. Anyway. Um, Dinner is served. Yeah. <laughs> I have 45 seconds. Um, I can do this super quick. Uh, Lollipop Kids, number one uh, from Aftershock also came out. I don't have any... Uh, Notes for it, unfortunately, but co-creators, uh, storytellers Adam and Aiden Glass. Aiden Glass is 14 years old, uh, helped create this with his father. Art by uh, Diego Yapor, colors by DC Alonzo, letters by Sal uh, Cipriano. And uh, what can I say? It's the Big Bad Wolf comes to Central Park and a kid in search of his sister who has gone missing solves a riddle and kind of happens into this world where kids are wielding magical weapons to battle back beasts that have uh, been let loose from like a fabled prison. So in, in like a, a complete and total New York city backdrop, it's pretty damn cool. It's very exposition heavy. I, I would like a little bit more doing than rather than telling but they like i'm in definitely for another issue on the concept alone especially being introduced to a whole bunch of new characters by the end of the book and it really kind of opening up to all these different possibilities uh i'm gonna stick with it very cool uh but overall just like a a really really uh neat i said stranger things last week i'm not gonna go with stranger things at least not yet not yet. We'll see. It reminds me a little bit of Wayward. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so those are my books. I dug Lollipop Kids. I, right? I agree with you. I thought the I thought the narration was just like, here's everything that's happening. Every single panel. You know? Yeah. Um, but then once once they kind of bring us back up to the present and those other kids show up, those lollip- the, t- the titular Lollipop Kids show up, I was like, holy, this is cool. Um, really cool characters, really cool premise, and uh, is it Aftershock, or is it? I believe no. Um, maybe not. I'll um, I'll open it up. I bought. I thought it was uh, thought it was Aftershock. It might be. I'm I'm asking. I don't. Know. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, because I really I really thought it was cool, and I always like picking up those like Aftershock number ones because um, they just have really cool premise premises on the uh, for their 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 series. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Oh wait. Here it is. Yep. Totally. Aftershock. Nice. It's good stuff. It's um. And I, the I I didn't say anything about the art. I really like the artwork too. Oh, yeah. Um. Especially the colors. Yeah. It's it's spectacularly colored. 
um, really love seeing all the kind of freckles and nicks and, and crazy expressions on people's faces. The city looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, is does that is there really an Alice in Wonderland uh, statue in Central Park? I mean, not that I found, but that play that's giant. That's okay, so this maybe this is an element of the of the fantasy stuff, but I love that there was a uh, like a busker, like a John Lennon looking busker, uh, playing the guitar and singing "Imagine." Part of the mystery man during that during that scene, and then the kids show up. It's really neat. It's it's really really neat, but it's it's a it's very much like a. It feels very very info dumpy. Yeah, it's the first um, issue. Right, but not not in a not in a way that would like blow me off of it or anything. You know, so um, very, very cool. I read, I read a lot of really cool number ones this past week. Those are the words I was looking for. <laughs> uh, before I jump in on Juke Joint, that statue is up near it the is. Museum of Natural History. Yeah, it is there. Oh. It's real. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's up on the. Uh, it's on the upper Actually, no, it's the other. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, no it's, the, it's the east side. No, right. it is. No, way. no, no yeah, I do know where side. it is. I do know yeah. where it is. Yeah. I can't believe I've never seen that before. There's like yeah. a playground over there. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now I know where it is. That's cool. Yeah, it's in the 70s somewhere. There you go. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Did I Skype out? No, Jessica just posted <laughs> I just broke a Bob. picture. I broke Bob. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobby, we're going to talk about Juke Joint. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. You know, the you, you talked about with, with Man Eaters and Bitch Planet uh, – T. Franklin has made sure because we're dealing with a, with a lot of heavy stuff here, as well as the fantasy and horror of this. So there are trigger warnings, to, and then helpful websites and other information as front and back matter if there are people you need to reach out to if some of these abuse situations or something in there. So that's really great right away. Not that people are abused, but you know what I mean. The the mood is so great. Mahalia just doesn't tolerate bad behavior. And when things start rolling, got to hurry home and feed my babies. I'm sure they're hungry and restless. <laughs> and it's really great stuff. I was reminded a little bit of the premise of Marguerite Bennett's Insects. Yes, the it whole did idea. remind me of Insects. Right. It, it's sort of this body horror thing, but it, it by utilizing it in a way to show the inequity in classes and genders and so on. Brilliantly done. Brilliantly done book. Really, mm. really dug it. I'm a sucker for like witch doctors and, and mm -hmm. voodoo related supernatural horror. I just find that world so incredibly cool. You know, whether it's like the crocodiles in the swamps or the way the mist plays on the water, just the whole setting it remind, it reminds me of like a really cool place to tell a story of bog monsters and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, voodoo dolls and, and, you know, places that like the bar is in the middle of the swamp and you have to take like a boat to get out there and, and there's nowhere you can go if you misbehave. And I mean, it's just I will say this, though, she's she's whacking dudes off like real quick. People disappear and. <laughs> uh in that place and, and hanging there like an abattoir oh, yeah. oh my god like i was like oh t franklin bingo love and i opened up this book and i was like this is not bingo love and now, i thought you know, i thought that she ripped out the dude's tongue oh no in that no. in that oh, thing no. and i'm like I'm like, because she said something about like she didn't like want to hear him talk she anymore. To be quiet, and I thought, and like, 
Yeah, like he's kind of like got his mouth agape and his tongue sticking. I thought that she ripped out his tongue, and then I read it a second time, and I was like, "Whoa, that was not his tongue! That was totally <laughs> not his tongue!" Ripped him off and shoved him in his mouth. That was. I was like, "Oh!" And he's got like tears rolling down his yeah. his eyes. He's like stuffing <laughs> them in. So good. Oh. <laughs> so good. I love it. Just desserts. All right. Uh, let's have Joey go next. I had a feeling I was gonna be just struck with the lightning. <laughs> Sounded like a, a Marvel villain just now. Jessica! 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 Did anybody watch the new Doctor Who by any chance? Oh, it's on my DVR! Oh, yeah, it's on my DVR. Oh, it was fantastic. I know that, fantastic. Uh, I know that Carolyn and Aaron went to the, li- the simulcast. Oh, uh, that's yeah. cool. Watching at the same time as you, apparently. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, we had to watch text. it the next day. But, I mean, Jody Whittaker, Dude, thumbs up. Like, thumbs up. I That night, like, uh, I was talking with Aaron at the meetup, and he was like, you got to start. You got to, st- I'm going to, you, if you're going to start with Jody, like, because that's what I told him. I said, I'm going to, I have it. I've, the first episode of Jody's run ready to go on my DBR. And he goes, you should go back and watch the rest. And I was like, I'll do you it. Should. So I, so I went home that night and I watched like the first half hour of the first Eccleston episode. And oh, wow. I've made the commitment. I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch as much of it as I yeah. can. Let me, let me give you a little piece of advice as somebody who also came in with the Eccleston stuff for, for Dr. Who. One of the best aspects about Doctor Who and that show as a series is because it deals so much in time and time manipulation, you can really watch it in any order because the way that the show is structured, it kind of makes sense to bounce around. You'll see what I mean as you make your way through it, but you can pretty much drop in anywhere and, and, and it's okay. Yeah. He was right though. Like he's like, you watch that first episode, and all of a sudden the mannequins come to life and start attacking yeah. people. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm in. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do it. So this is like one of my biggest regrets has not being up on the Doctor Who stuff, right? So this is it. Jody's in. It's getting me to watch it, and I'm gonna go back and watch the rest too. That's awesome. I'll be curious to find out who your favorite Doctor is uh, by the yeah, time we get all caught up. The Asian one. Who's your Who's your favorite, Jess? Uh, David Tennant. I'm, okay, mine's huge... mine's Matt Smith. Has there not Dan's been a, Matt Smith? Has there not been an Asian one yet? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, there's no Asian one. I'm David Tennant, and Dan is Matt Smith, and we fight, we argue over this all the time. Nice. <laughs> I just, I, I love David Tennant as well. I just find there's something about Matt Smith. He feels more alien to me than David Tennant. So okay. if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, but. That. We're not going to get caught up on Doctor Who talk because I'll I'll just go off for a while. All right, Joey. Yes, you've stalled long enough. I have. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I'm putting five minutes on the clock for you. Go. Blackbird number one by Sam Humphreys and Jen Bartel. Letters by Jody Wynn. Layouts by Paul Renoir. Colors by Nyang Wilson. Blackbird number one opens with the traumatic experience of the Verdugo earthquake and its consequences on the family of our protagonist, Nina. During the earthquake, Nina and her family are saved by a giant neon blue mystical lion spirit. (laughs) In the aftermath of that shocking occurrence, another rainbow spirit of sorts comes around and makes everyone forget, but not Nina. It seems her cat Sharpie has some magical powers or something. 
but because everyone else forgot, they basically think Nina is weird and crazy for the next 10 years, which sends her isolated and lonely on a downward spiral of drugs and a magic obsession. And then suddenly, the magic comes crashing back into her life. Um, look, the real draw for me here, as we've talked about on the episode so far, uh, was Jen Bartel's work, right? I, I know her mainly from her covers at Marvel. They're evocative and powerful, and I was really excited to see her work on interior here as well. And it's really just stellar and awesome to look at. Story starts slow, a kind of a similar issue with the Lollipop Kids, a little bit exposition-y in terms of the narrative captions. Uh, but by the end, I was very much into the sort of like magic noir with a female lead action going on i think i'm in for a bit if only to figure out what is actually happening in this book um and like i said it's really great to look at uh i was also able to read wicked and divine 1373 from uh kieran gillen and ryan kelly of cry havoc fame uh this freaking book man this was our last historical one shot before the final arc uh that will start in a couple of months 1373 takes us back to the Middle Ages in Avignon, France, in the aftermath of the Black Plague. We get that generation's version of Lucifer, who is, of course, a nun. Uh, This issue, beautifully illustrated by Ryan Kelly, and stellar, stellar letter work from Clayton Cowles, features a confrontation between Lucifer and Anank that is, to my knowledge, the most explicit scene of explanation about what exactly the F has been going on in Wicked and Divine so far. I loved it. Things were answered in the clearest of terms going into this final arc. It's an amazing one shot and an absolute must read for people that have been reading Wicked and Divine. And I also just think a great story in and of itself. Gillen explores a lot of religiosity in here and like I said gives us a lot of answers um, in the Anank scene. Um, Death Orb, number one from Dark Horse by Ryan Ferrier. Big fans of him on the pod here. And art by Alejandro Aragon. Right, this is the this is the pitch from uh, Dark Horse. Rider, an ex- axe-wielding wasteland survivor, carves a bloody path across a war-torn North America ruled over by the lords, the mysterious father, and their cult followers as he searches for his abducted wife and child. Information from one of father's hired mercenaries could lead Rider to his family if the lords don't take him out first. Um, I opened up this book because I thought the artwork was really cool. Alejandro Aragon's pens are like kind of Luther Strode-ish meets Larry mm, Strode. Yeah. I'm listening. It's really funky and really cool. Really kind of like angular. It was really funky. Uh, totally punk dystopian. There's this twist ending too that I was not expecting. It's violent. It's dystopian. It's gritty and dirty. And I was really into Death Orb as kind of this like hard sci-fi. Um, yeah, the first issue was pretty cool. Um, and then the last book I want to talk about, I think Jess will be really into, is Sparrowhawk number one from Boom. Jess, did you hear about this mm, book? I didn't. Okay, but, here we go. But continue, please. please Delilah please. S. Dawson of Lady Castle fame, with art by Matthias Basla. Okay, so... The book starts in Northumberland, England, 1851. Our main character, Artemisia, is a lady-in-waiting for the Grey family. The book opens with Artemisia and Caroline, the youngest Grey, visiting the grave of their sister, Elizabeth. 
Technically, Artemisia is the half-sister of Caroline and Elizabeth and the half-daughter of Ladygrade because their father, uh, you know, sired her <laughs> over here in the colonies during one of his... Anyway, um, awkward and obviously Artemisia has a chip on her shoulder because of it. Lady Grey demands that Artemisia marry a rich lord and wear the late Elizabeth's wedding dress to, to save the family, right? Because Elizabeth was supposed to marry up and now it's Artemisia's job. Um, anyway, Artemisia is like, bish, no. While she's looking in the mirror, are you ready for this? A pale claw reaches out of the mirror and pulls her into another dimension called Fairy, where Artemisia makes a deal with a magic cat, and she has Sold. to fight and kill wizards <laughs> and ogre knights to get wings and make her way home. Sold. <laughs> you sold me, I'm done. Fantasy, How did I miss this? Like, wow. I, you know, I thought we were starting with this, like, period costume drama, and then it was like, nope, we're fingering butter fairies. <laughs> and I was like, what? Natalia <laughs> Basel this artwork is spectacular and Dawson has a knack for fantasy as we learned with Lady Castle so like I was really glad I read this book the cover is really cool it's Artemisia and she has like fairy wings coming out of her back and then I opened the book and it was her in like her bustle and her like corset and I was like what the fuck is that what is this and then it got weird and I was like Jess would love this book <laughs> and then it got weird and then you thought I would like it that's <laughs> yeah, it was yeah really cool. probably really cool really cool series of number ones this week Costing me money, Joey. Hey, yeah. I read the good stuff. Hey. Yeah. yeah, by the way, we all, for all the people that write into us saying that we cost them a lot of money, we cost each other a lot of money <laughs> yes, every week. True. So you're not alone. Yeah, you got to read that Wicked and Divine one shot, man. Like every. Oh, I got them all. I got them all. Answers everything. Answers everything. <laughs> I need to. I can't. I can't do Wicked and the Divine month to month. It, it's just. No, it's not the way it. that I like to yeah. read it, and I can't absorb. I can't keep the information. I get that. That's how I feel about Paper Girls. Like I know Bob, you love mm-hmm. reading Paper Girls mm-hmm. to month to month, but like I like to have it in my trades, like ready to go. Mm. I get it. I I get. It. Well, we we still have your lightning round echoing through the room here. I love Blackbird. I absolutely adored. Certainly, yeah, Jen Bartell is the draw, but Nina, I found her so engaging. That combination of sass and sadness is it always works for me. Her one quote is, because I'm always tired, tired of living, tired of life. I don't know you, but I'm tired of you. That's mm-hmm. great. That's a great little bit of dialogue. It's what, a neo-noir magic girl thing? I don't know what you want to call this. Lots of nice surprises. Art was great. Concept was interesting. That sort of Oasis diner out of nowhere. What, what was that going on there? Loved. Loved this book. Okay. <laughs> I'm not like going to go. Cat. I'm not going to go after that. I, I like that the cat's name was Sharpie and it was yeah. magical. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, you know me. I'm there now. Just they named it Sharpie made me happy. <laughs> I agree. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to skip right past me and go on to another person for their lightning round. Jess. Hey. Hi. How are you? you doing I good? am doing fine. How are you? I'm great. Glad you could make it. How are you feeling? Kind of crappy, but we're... Well, <laughs> We're gonna forget about that. Is this the, is on. this the is this the the calm before the storm? Can you feel it? Um, no, I'll tell. What are your I'll symptoms? You, um, I got really sick. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we did the the Ant Man the Wasp and I got sick and had to leave in the middle of the yes. movie? Yeah. I have to be allergic to their popcorn because I went and saw Venom last night 
and I'm I got allergic to venom. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but I got really sick again, and mm. I like threw up all night and had a lovely day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, no, which, then there's something about there's the something. It's got to be yeah. Theater again? Be, which uh, the 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 Regal Cinema and Dan oh, the, was fine, so it's got to be something that's just bothering me with it. Mm. But all we eat is popcorn and you know. And water. You so got like, that floor popcorn. That's what it is. Oh, <laughs> got the Nancy they sweep it up after everybody leaves oh, the theater and we'll just throw it back in the so machine. Bad. Please, please. <laughs> Whatever it was, happen. it happened twice now. <laughs> Butter it up and serve it back to you. I, I did. I did. Uh, the make butter it washes the off the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, but it was. I just again for the second time, so I felt really crappy all day. But I'm happy now because I'm with you guys talking about comics. Oh, so that's good. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Sixteen dollars for a large floor popcorn yeah, with butter. That made me. That made me vomit. It was spectacular. Sayville, four dollars. I'm telling you. No, I know. Sayville is great. Four dollars. But the chairs, they're so comfortable, and I'll fall asleep. I can't go there. All right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put five minutes on the clock for you. All right. Mm, go. So, like I said before, I was going to talk about books that I found at the con. These are all self-published. Um, I think only one of them you can get from Diamond right now, and it was just picked up. So, I'm going to start off with Anarchy Dreamers, A Girl Made of Knives. It was originally a webcomic, but it's now collected into two graphic novels. Volume 1 is A Girl Made of Knives, and Volume 2 is titled A Girl Without a Face, uh, created by Ooh. Emily Ree, a native New Yorker. This book screamed to me the moment I picked it up from the comic. Actually, it screamed to me. It screamed me so much that I didn't even see it at first and Dan tapped me on the shoulder and was like hey babe do you know this book and <laughs> he's it wow. seems like something that you would read and I I was like oh I walked backwards and it was um after a lovely conversation with Miss Ree, I dove into my pocket and shelled out a few bucks for the first volume. After reading it, I wish I had dug a little deeper and bought the second volume. <laughs> oh. Even though I know I can read this online for free, uh, supporting an artist like Emily and buying their work in trade is never something I count as a waste of money. Anarchy Dreamers, as quoted by em Emily, is an urban fantasy about sparkly undead kids fighting society's worst nightmares. It tells the story of a school in the aftermath of a mysterious tragedy, a mass shooting with no gunmen. But in a world where death means a second chance at life, the recently resurrected students at Sacred Heart a high school are dealing with bigger problems while students are just trying to get back to their normal lives. Nightmares, the anthropomorphized fears and problems of society are wreaking havoc on the school population. As wow. a nightmare... Yeah, right? As a nightmare infestation grows, the god of dream reaches out to six students for assistance, promising to help them solve the mystery of their deaths. As long as they fight their classmates nightmares, the art in this book is wonderful. It's quirky. It's jam packed. It's bright. It's vibrant. She was lovely. The book was lovely. It was everything. Yeah, I'm, could I'm looking at pages from it right now. It's very cool. It is super cool. Um, next book I picked up was called The Fuck Off Squad. <laughs> yeah! Oh, I want this book. Tell me about uh, it. By, by writer Dave Baker and artist Nicole Gu. Uh, this book made me do a rewind while walking through the artist alley. Like, I walked past it and I caught the name and literally did, like, a backup motion. And, like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because with so much to see there to check out, you know, to look at a name like that caught my eye. So they did a great job of literally making me walk backward to find out what was going on. Uh, turns out that was a great idea. I got to speak with writer Dave Baker, the writer 
um, for a few good minutes. And as quoted by Dave, the fuck off squad follows three would be miscreants over the course of one day at the Venice beach skate park. Needless to say, it's the greatest comic book about skating, Instagram, and low key trying to date someone while you're still in a relationship ever made. This book is a like slice of life style graphic novel that while being kind of low key made you really feel like you were looking into the life of these three kids. It had an interesting perspective into their lives. Um, and each three of them were different, very different young people. Uh, they use a good mix of like regular panels and cell phone conversation as long as showing them going on Instagram. Uh, they gave you a feeling of, Hey, I kind of know these kind of kids. The art was, perfectly matched the story done in black and gray and pink as the shadow. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Really loved it. The only thing I'm upset about is there isn't any more of it. It's one graphic novel. So I hope that they will come out with more of it. And they were lovely to speak to as well. Um, third book I picked up was called punk taco. Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> and it is a children's book. I actually picked this book up for my niece. Um, again, another book I found while wandering through artist alley, uh, Looked at it, couldn't pass up learning about a book called Punk Taco. It was written and illustrated by Adam Wallanita. Punk Taco is a character created by his son. I don't, I, I, I'm going to butcher this kid's name. It's Makana, who he does have down as a co-creator of the book. He's actually, uh, you know, written as an artist on the book. Um, he has the original artwork added into the book from Makana's artwork. Um, Adam, uh, came up with the idea and his, with his dad. Uh, and as quoted by Adam, Punk Taco is an all-ages fun, whimsical story about teenage space taco and his unusual bandmates who rock out across the galaxy and go on all kinds of crazy adventures. Punk Taco is about peace and love and spreading it across the galaxy. Along the way, he is met with obstacle. He has to to overcome, but he embraces the challenge and positively positive, uplifting message is learned. This book is absolutely adorable. I had the book signed for my lovely three-year-old niece, Gwen, and the moment I showed it to her, she was like running around the house like, Punk Taco! Like, <laughs> it because it's, it's really, you know, she was just screaming around the house. Um, it's not only a book that a child will enjoy, but as, as an adult, I enjoyed it as well. The art and color bursts off the page, instantly grabbing the attention of any kid that will leave it. Even though she can't, couldn't read the words, um, she was enamored with it. So I, I think that it's a book that she'll grow with. And Adam did also let me know that they are working on a Punk Taco 2. And I think they are on Kickstarter right now. Punk Taco! Punk Taco. It was, really, it was really cute. I'm really into it. She loved Sequel it. Sequel to Rock Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Sounds like you picked up some cool books. I yeah. want to, um, I definitely want to check out Fuck Off Squad. I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter and uh, looks like something that I would enjoy. He's good. They, they all three of them were really great. Fantastic. Such a right. diverse bit of books. I like mm. it. All right, Bob. Okay. It's your turn. I am going to put five minutes on the clock for you. And go. Well, first off, and very quickly, as I'm only about a third into it, is Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise 25, The Chase, which I picked up from Mr. Moore at the con. Uh, we had read and shared about the first issue of this 10-issue mini, and even though I have only a nodding acquaintance with this very, very long-running series, uh, 
I want to check out the MIDI. And again, only a couple of issues in, and I am hooked. Now, I had to check on some internet sites to try to figure out who everybody is to get some semblance of what's going on. But you, as a novice reader, I was pretty well up to speed quickly because Terry Moore is just an absolute genius to do these things. So definitely worth it. And he is an absolutely lovely man as his wife is charming as well. Robin. Yeah. Speaking of long running series, uh, giant days, 43, John Allison, Max Saren, wherein it seems Daisy's worst nightmares come true as quite unknowingly. She's now part of a soul and money stealing cult, a Christmas village one, no less. She's brought poor Ed Gemmel into this Michigas, and it's simply hysterical. As Joey mentioned, Paper Girls 25 is out. Brian K. Vaughan, Cliff Chang. It's a season finale, with the next issue not due until March. Now, that's both a good and bad thing, as, as much as I want to read every month. That gap will allow me to reread the entire series, so I can even begin to process all the things that came to the fore in just this issue. There's love, death, the possible destruction of the entire world, three or four time paradoxes at once. So there's even more going on than usual, plus an absolutely gasp-inducing cliffhanger this time around. Hmm. On Steve Assurances about Justice League's Dark's quality, I picked up Wonder Woman, Justice League Dark, The Witching Hour, number oh, one, cool. by James Tynan. Uh, Jesus Marino, with colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters by Dave Sharp. Now, I don't know any of the backstory of this one either, but I was pretty quickly brought into the story by Mr. Tynan's writing. No mean feat, considering the various times and places this tale is set in, not to mention the complex nature of the plot itself. There are multiple threats to the magical realms in, in the DC universe, from within and without, and unless Diana... Zatanna and the rest of her oddball team curtailed that threat, all reality will be destroyed with it. Artwork by Marina and Fajardo team is gorgeous, both epic and scary in equal parts. And paired with intriguing storyline, I found this a great beginning, and I'm I'm in. You got you, you hooked me, Steve. Nice. Yeah. How yeah. did you like his Wonder Woman? Who's that? In, in this in the in the issue? Yeah. Very good. I, I, the guy I couldn't catch at the con the whole weekend was Steve Orlando. He never seemed to be at his table, and when he was out somewhere else, he was chatting so intently with people. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I caught him randomly for the uh, the Milk Wars uh, trade at the Fan Expo. Anyway, continue. Sorry about continue. that. Uh, well, I'm on my little magical mystery tour. As I had my copy of 2014's Black Canaries, a ten of blood spell OGN signed by artist Joe Canones. I decided to reread this Paul Dini-written original graphic novel as a contrast to Witching Hour. A threat from the past from a seemingly dead adversary has the Black Canary seeking help from Zatanna as things have taken on a decidedly mystic cast. Set in the pre-Flashpoint New 52 DC Universe, it's a charming throwback that will put a smile on your face no matter how long you've been a fan. <sighs> That's it. Ah, well done. Even with me, copping some of your time. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think if I read any. No, I didn't read any of your books this week. Well, I've I've read Black Canary, uh, Zatanna, Bloodspell, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. He also sketched a Zatanna in it, and in it it says, "Sknack," which is thanks backwards. <laughs> 
Uh, anybody? Questions? Comments? Nope. Nope. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to open discussion. We need music We always talk about Batman whenever Jess is around. Um, I have a feeling this will be a super quick conversation. Uh, Batman 56, you know the team. Uh, we last time that we uh tuned into Batman, we were talking about this mysterious dude who was uh setting up shop across the way and went for uh went for a kill shot near miss, but uh, it turns out that that person was the KG Beast. Um, I didn't know that. Did anybody else know that? All right. Well, it's him. Ta-da. <laughs> so he goes home. He's talking with dad. And Batman is pissed because he wants to know who attacked his friend. And he's going to hunt him down while running into a couple of uh, colorful characters from his past in a quite a funny moment or two. He's trudging through the snow. Do, 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 do. But we never really get an answer or, or any kind of real follow-up to the crazy cliffhanger from the last issue. I found out that that was actually followed up upon in Nightwing. So Nightwing number 50, they addressed it. So I don't know if either of any of you have heard as to what's going on with him. But I I heard from going to the Tom King panel at (laughs) Comic-Con. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It was very cool. Actually, it was really cool too that like so like I guess what ha- I didn't I didn't get a chance to read fifty five but like Nightwing gets shot in the head that what happens yeah <gasps> spoilers I guess he actually consulted with like his neurologist friend to like ask what angle a bullet has to go in someone's head for them to still survive <laughs> wow yeah very intense anyway carry on um yeah I I mean but this is this is Tom King's Batman for me anyway back at the top of its game, uh, telling a very intense story, the aftermath of, of that bullet going off. I love how there still manages to be a bit of humor in some of uh, these situations that Batman finds himself in as well. And, I mean, I've never met the KG Beast in any other book, but woof. Like, he's a, he's a mean dude. I would not want to cross paths with him. So, uh, and again, they, they leave it at another, uh, another cliffhanger. So I guess we'll find out, uh, next time on Batman, what the <laughs> hell is going to go down between the two of them. Cause Batman's not gonna be stopped by no gun. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be some fisticuffs. Uh, <laughs> anybody else? Yeah. Jess, you want to go? You want me to go? I'll go. Uh, I, it's okay. Uh, very grim and gritty, I thought, in the ways you'd expect. Didn't dislike it. Didn't love it. I guess I'm. I guess I'm jaded. I'm always hoping for something special, and so when it's a really well done, serviceable book that moves a story along, I, I don't know. I'm hoping for something a little more novel in execution, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I just want I, I want the uh, I want every issue of Batman to be an event in and of itself. So okay, it was okay. For me. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
All right, let's get let's get Jess in here to lighten the mood. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm a Sagittarius, and if I'm here, we're going to talk about Batman. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, Bob, I'm actually kind of with you on oh. that. So where I felt it's not bad, but we're so spoiled, I think. You, it's yes. not that we're spoiled by, like, event after event, like, big things happening in Batman, that this was kind of like, you know, almost, a, dare I say, a filler issue. I mean, there's a big thing that happens at the end, but it's not like Nightwing getting shot in the head, you know, or, you know, that type of thing. Right. So I don't think it was a bad issue. I think it was a good issue. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, like, the one conversation is talk, he's, like, talking, we're, like, getting a view through Batman's crotch. Did you yeah. have, did anybody, yeah. you know, that kind of <laughs> cracked me up? Yeah, if you look at the panel, like, crotch, yes. yeah, it's, it's a, it, you're looking through Batman's crotch, that cracked me up, you know, but like I said, I think it's, you know, a good, it, it, you needed to advance the story, and this is what I think that book was, and I think we're just a little spoiled, we're, we're just spoiled with Batman, and having an event, and having a big thing happen all the time, so. I'm looking for the bat crotch. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> when the the sort of Renaissance guy has his big yeah, uh, hacksaw out or whatever yeah. it is, yeah, yeah. and he's gonna like cut him from from groin stem to, to stern. Yeah, stem to stern. Oh, it's <laughs> it's one panel. Yeah, but it's funny. No, it's, no, it's three a couple panels. panels. Like it's three the whole panels. Bat bottom. I just found that amusing that they're going through and having conversation through his crotch. Like your view is through Batman's crotch. Oh, wait a minute. I was on the wrong page. Now, <laughs> now you see what I'm talking about. It's just it. humorous. I, I mean, I, I enjoy, I, if you don't catch it, like I, but I thought that was kind of funny. Just that is that. really funny. I gave like me that. a giggle, you know, and I like that's, and that is what I like. There's subtle things like that. Not everything is like an in your face thing. Like that was very subtle. Like, yeah, Batman's, it is, you know, going to talk between Batman's. I'm crotch. really glad that you brought that up. <laughs> I would not have caught that. And now that I know, you know that it's, yeah, you're like, wait I a feel second. much what? better about life. <laughs> it's just funny. So yeah. So yeah, no, it was good. And I think it was, you know, as, as it has been pretty stellar, I think we're just spoiled with excellence. <laughs> we're just really yeah. spoiled by it at this point. So the back crotch monologues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tune in, tune in next time for uh back crotch number 57, I guess. <laughs> um, All right. Let's move on. Bob, would you care to lead the conversation for as Guardians of the Galaxy number two? Uh, number two is out this week. And Infinity Wars tie-in, which who cares? I'm not reading that. I'm enjoying the heck out of this. Cullen Bog, Matteo Lali, Federico Blee. And Nebula has seized the Naglafar Beacon, a beckoning horn that can call forth a legion of the soulless corpses of dead gods in a request to bring forth that little thing called Ragnarok. I'd say, not unsurprisingly, this artifact was created by time-traveling Loki, who, by the way, in this issue, is back in his kid Loki form, while back in his normal adult self over in Infinity Wars. He is a god of mischief, I guess, but it is fun seeing kid Loki again. Uh, Nebula's world, or should I say world destruction tour, first stop takes out an entire race of armed little, little people, and... When our Asgardians arrive, all that remains are their dead gods hungry for the slaughter. Tons of action. I found it a really intriguing premise. A couple of surprises. Some good humor with some of our fun characters in the Fearless Defenders, Dave. Days and the team of Bun, Lolly, and Bleed just, I think this is off to a really rollicking start. How about everybody else? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is 
just a tie-in for now, right? Like this isn't an event thing that's going to go away in three no. issues. No, not okay. as far as I know. Okay. As long as people buy it. Because <laughs> I need this book. Yeah, I really enjoy this book a lot. And one of those surprises you were talking about, I gasped. I need need that character to be okay. That's all, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> If they're out, so am I. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be like that. Um, but I, I really dug it. I, I love the artwork for this series so far. It is just spectacular. Uh, and any time that I can get some Kid Loki, uh, I'm down. And I'm really, really enjoying the Annabelle. I'm enjoying everybody, really. Even uh, what's his face? Dude, bro. Thunderstrike? Thunderstrike. He's such a jerk. It's great. <laughs> He is, but I'm I I'm kind of I'm I'm there for the ragging on him part, you know. Like he's a bit crude, he's a bit misogynistic, but he always gets taken down a peg immediately. Well, that, that exchange with the executioner uh, after he's he's gotten in trouble with, with Annabelle. Yeah, boy, I'm going to offer you a piece of advice. It's something I heard from many a lost soul in hell. Don't be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's great. Uh, great cast of characters. It just and really just a, a, an awesome book. It feels good to have something that feels like a Fearless Defenders follow up uh, back on the shelves. So I'm really digging it. I hope that this goes on for a really long time. I hope people are buying it and checking it out. Uh, did anybody else read it? I was going to, and I did not get to. You can always just say no. I always, I'm always met with silence. <laughs> just say you, no. You'd enjoy. Did you read the first one, Jess? I did read. I read the first one, and I did like the first one. I just I had so much this week that was that was unfortunately the book that that got cut off. Sorry, as guardians. <laughs> you, you will you will enjoy it when you get to. It. I'm sure. I enjoyed the first book. So, traitor. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, so we're going to move on super quick. I just want to give this a mention. Uh, this podcast goes live on Wednesday, which is also the day that um, over on Joe Blow, shameless self-plug, I am dropping an interview that I did with Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino for the Gideon Falls TV show. From Hive Mind that is in the works right now. Uh, we talk about the show. We talk a little about, bit about the book um, and a couple of other really cool uh, surprises and, and stuff. Um, I had fun putting it together, and hopefully, it's going to lead to more things down the road. Um, but that should be live over on uh, on that website. I'll be tweeting it out and stuff like that. So if you see it uh, and are interested, go and check it out. Uh, okay, so I don't want to spend too much time on this because uh, I don't really know that we need to. I saw Venom. Jess, you saw Venom? I did see Venom. I did. Okay. Joey or Bob? Not yet. No. You did see it, Joey? No, I didn't see it yet. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Okay. Um, are you going to see it? Yes. Bob, do you plan on seeing it? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, we could just keep opinions super general uh for people that are interested we won't do any spoilers um i'll just say right off the bat that i had a lot of fun with this movie it was dumb but fun 
and it was completely self-aware. It wasn't trying to be any better than it deserved to be. Tom Hardy was pretty damn funny and pretty entertaining as as Eddie Brock being kind of puppeteered by the Venom uh, symbiote throughout the movie, or th- at least throughout most of the movie. Uh, it was really weird seeing a Venom movie that didn't have to have anything to do with Spider-Man, but they managed to pull it off. And um, while some of the performances were a little wooden, I think that Hardy makes up for that. And the the Venom, once they're together in this kind of like buddy cop, zany, weird adventure that they're on, uh, it's it, it was it was a fun time. And the the after credits stay for the after credit sequences. Yeah. I won't tell you what they are, but damn, both of them are really good. Um, both of them. I can't even put one above the other. I'm 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 excited for when they inevitably announce a Venom sequel. Uh, it will yeah. be very oh. cool. Yeah, yeah that after credit scene actually made you really excited for it. So. Yeah, I will look. <laughs> I I've doubted this movie up and down ever since they announced it because I just had no idea what the hell it was going to be. Like even after the trailers came out and they were all pretty much the same, I still didn't know what this movie was about or what it was trying to do. And Bronwyn had pointed it out to me and she's like, isn't that a little refreshing that like, even though like you do what you do and, and like this, this oversaturation of all of this stuff, there managed to be a comic book movie that I still had no idea where the hell they were going with it. Um, So that kind of like had me going into this movie a little bit more optimistic and I had a good time. We ordered some drinks. We sat and I had this crazy like white Mac and cheese with pulled pork on top and everything. We sat in the top row with our popcorn that didn't make us throw up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, like the, it's like, the the first 20 minutes are okay and then it it really starts to pick up steam and then once once venom really enters the picture i i just i had a lot of fun i laughed more than i thought that i would so anyway jess what did you think of it did you have fun yeah i i actually did um i i liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to to be honest with you um and uh, there, listen, there's issues, okay? There are issues. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there's a few pacing issues. There's some things that you're like, okay. I I, I think that they, you, for me, I think you can kind of tell, like, that they edited a lot of stuff out of it. There's some choppy moments. Uh, yeah, Tom you know already I mean? said there's, like, 40 minutes worth of stuff I, that they cut. Wow. And, and that and that does not surprise me either. Um, and that's kind of the way what I felt by it. But it it was fun. So I think you wrote like on Facebook that it's flawed, and it is flawed, flawed but fun. The, the but new safe way yeah. to say that you enjoyed a movie. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's not. You know what I mean? Like it was funny. Um, I get for Spider Man like hardcore Spider Man fans like this is not what they wanted because you know I, I get it. I, I, I do get that. Um, but I don't really care. So for me, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, I, I, I hate to say it like that, but I don't, I don't, I don't really have that attachment to it. Um, like I know one of my very good friends and he will argue with me to the death about this. Like he will, he listens all the time. Hi, Jimmy. Um, he, I'm going to get a text <laughs> message about this tomorrow. Like, I know he doesn't like that. I know he likes Spider-Man to be involved. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's his venom, you know? And I get that for me, I don't care. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, mm-hmm. 
And it was. It was funny. Tom Hardy's very funny when they're together. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, there was some some clear issues with it. There were some some glaring issues, I'll put it that way. Well, there are some major potholes potholes. Yeah, potholes. Uh, the potholes, yeah. There are, <laughs> the potholes of the movie. There's some um, big potholes. There's yeah. There's a few. Yeah. There's at least like yeah, four things that you're like, mm, you know, really? Yeah. Like, like huh? how did you? Yeah. It. Yeah. There. There. There's some stuff. Yeah. Um. But I think to its credit, I was so on board at that point that I like picking that stuff apart really didn't feel like it was worth doing like not every comic book movie that comes out has to blow my hair back you know what i mean like we can't all be the winter soldier no (laughs) no and i agree and i think for what it was it is fun it was a good time like we left we had a good enjoyable evening it wasn't like i left there and i was like it was like ah all right that was fun (laughs) you know and then you like you said the after stay for the after credit scenes they yeah so we'll good. We'll talk about those after, Steve. We'll talk so about good. that we'll after. Wait, we'll, we'll wait until we'll wait until um until Joey has seen it. We'll yeah. We'll we'll come back around. But yeah, be, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Between the Venom related one and the the Venom related one, one. Um, it's yeah. yeah. So pumped. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Um, I got to see the Captain Marvel trailer in gorgeous like imax 3d Ooh. crystal clear oh they didn't play that one they did do the into the spider-verse which oh I they did liked. for us they did into the spider-verse we saw that um creed 2 we yeah. watched the trailer for that which we actually just watched creed 1 uh a week ago it was bronwyn's first time watching a rocky related movie uh the ryan coogler man that guy he he knows how to make a movie that uh, creed is so good Anyway, um, yeah, Venom. Go, you yeah, know what? Go see it. Not that bad. Honestly, <laughs> not that it. bad. Not There's not a bad. quote for you. <laughs> it's really not. I thought it's very bad. fun. I had a lot of fun with it. I was thinking about it afterward, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I kind of want to watch it again, like right now. It's yeah, I'd watch it again. I would. Yeah. I'm with you. I'd watch it again. So. It's it's silly. And it's while it might not be what some people want, I get that. I'm kind of I'm with Jess in the camp of I really don't care. Like I was so bad by the tone. I was so curious as to how they were gonna, you know, do this whole thing uh, without him. And what I got was pretty good. So we are going to go through. Some really quick hits uh, for news. We're no, we didn't pull a bunch of stories from New York City Comic Con. Um, super duper quick. Uh, Donny Cates announced earlier today on Tuesday that God Country is headed to the big screen. They're making a movie out of it. And not only are they making a movie out of it, he is writing it. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's a movie I will go and see. Yep. Uh, super pumped for that. James Gunn has been hired by Warner Brothers in DC to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, yeah. So that's a thing that's going on now. Uh, I mean, my, my knee jerk reaction to that is sure why not <laughs> Batista like, just tweeted out like sign me up 
Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if we don't see him in uh in this in the sequel, I'd be very surprised. It's supposed to be uh like a soft reboot too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's totally he's uh gonna be yeah, retooling the whole the whole thing. I hope so. Yeah, I you know what? Look, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm 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 curious, I'm ready, and good on them for seizing them seizing the opportunity to snatch him up <laughs> seizing because, those sloppy seconds yeah <laughs> i yeah oh man anyway hollywood you crazy kids it's a hot mess um does anybody have any thoughts on this before we move on uh, i mean i <laughs> in the same way that i in the same way a few weeks ago i was like i don't know if i need guardians of the galaxy 3 i don't need this one <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, hey, whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Um, today we got our first look at Ruby Rose as holy, Batwoman. Holy mackerel! Yeah, she'll uh, yeah. she'll be making her debut uh, later this year for the Elseworlds uh, Arrowverse crossover event between Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow. Uh, she looks amazing. She looks like comic book perfect. Totally. Uh, yeah. I think the like the almost like the snakeskin underlining of her cape might be new, but it, it's a really nice touch. Uh, her the uh, her costume was designed by Colleen Atwood. Wow. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. Very, very much what you would imagine it to be, without too much flair to to you know ridiculous it up if you will um did you guys all get a look at that yeah 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 she looks great um and i think i think she'll do she'll do great uh for the role i really enjoyed her in uh orange is the new black as well as uh her part in john wick 2 she was pretty badass in that movie so um and hopefully her pilot will be good and it will go to series and we'll have a entire season worth of batwoman to Yo, look forward to that would be, be awesome. nice yeah that, that would be nice um okay and bob do you want to take this last one sure we i mentioned it briefly before but at the women of marvel panel they announced that there'll be a new black widow solo series starting in january and it will be written by jen and sylvia Soska <laughs> and drawn by flaviano yeah that's kind of what i said while i was sitting at the panel um <laughs> Uh, Jen Soska revealed the circumstances of her death has left Natasha a bit more outwardly angry than the more reserved takes on her in the past. Our Natasha will be true to the Natasha we all love, she said. This comes from Bustle, by the way. Uh, she's not in a good mood. You won't see her feeling bad for putting more red on her ledger. She enjoys what she does. She's damn good at it. She's fearless. She's lethal. She's unstoppable. She's the last person you want coming for you. Our Natasha isn't following anyone's rules. So she's completely unleashed. Uh, uh, there's a trend with female characters in entertainment to make them softer, more gentle, have guilt over their actions, be remorseful. And I think it can be damaging to the more complex feelings of a character. This story gets into Nat's roots. What kind of damage, and I mean real damage, a Black Widow can do, and especially when she's doing things on her own terms. Fans of Widow will be happy to see her be scarier than we're used to. Oh, I believe that from from the Saskas. Yeah, sure. I was excited to see that they were writing. I'm like, yeah, she'll get you yeah. know some lady balls. Yeah, there's gonna be some more castration. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe when they make the movie, Jen and Sylvia will get to do it. Mm. Mm, 
I'm thinking this is a good thing. Interesting. All right. Uh, if that's all we have, I believe it is. Let's uh, talk about what's coming onto the shelves this week that we are excited for. I'm going to go first because everybody else always goes first. <laughs> Catwoman number four. House of Whispers number two. Plastic Man number five. My Little Pony Nightmare Nights number one. Yes. <laughs> totally buying that. We are talking about that next week. <laughs> Hell yeah, we are. Bully Wars number two, Crowded number three, Fireman number four, Murder Falcon. <laughs> yeah, I heard yeah. about that at the panel. Yeah, that was Murder crazy. Falcon number one. There is this ridiculous cover with a dude with his hair blowing in the wind, electric guitar, there's lightning all around. It looks amazing. Uh, new book from Image, totally picking it up. Um, Unnatural number four, Weatherman number five, Domino number seven, Ms. Marvel 35, and Venom number seven. All right. I want the My Little Pony one too. <laughs> and I also want My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, a new graphic novel <laughs> from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. What? what? I did not hear of this. I walked past it at the con and I was like, what is that? And I thought it was maybe like old work, but it's the first graphic novel in the criminal universe. And I saw it at the con and I didn't buy it because I had other things I wanted to buy. And then I saw it on the release list for this week and I died inside. Enjoy. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yep. It does. I heard they were bringing back Criminal. Is this it, or are they actually bringing the series back? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you didn't hear about that? I heard they were bringing Criminal back. Dude, I love Criminal. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. Um, Jess, what uh, what books are you picking up? Pretty much everything that you're picking up. Um, <laughs> that's what it really is. Catwoman, Plastic Man, My Little Pony, Domino, Miss Marvel, uh, Rose 13 comes out, Venom, Wonder Woman, uh, Spider Genin. I'm gonna probably throw in the bag. Bully Wars number two, Crowded number three. Oh, and I will actually be picking up Walking Dead this week because my comic book store has a special cover of our comic book store. What? Yeah. So is yeah. it being invaded by zombies? Yeah. And really? Like, yeah, and the big androids. It's it's him standing in the front. Oh, like, if you have yeah. any, if you have any spares of that, put one aside for me, and I'll sure. I'll get it from you at another time. I would love to have that. Cool. Yeah, so I, I will be picking. I normally do not pick up Walking Dead, but how could I not uh, pick up a Walking Dead comic? Which I've been has, thinking like, real Android hard about going back and getting into that again, dude. It's like the best thing ever. You still read it? Um, I read it. I read the compendiums. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, like yeah. I'll read like um, single issues here and there. Like if a new arc is starting up, it's those things you can read them in like three minutes. Is like, there a fourth those... compendium yet, or is there only still there three? <sighs> Over to the trades after that, right? No, I don't think they're on the. F um, hold on, I'll look it up. Yeah. I have one through. I have one and two, and there's like a whole pile of them over in uh, at Heroes Comics in London that I could pick up one for like twenty bucks. Um, but if there's a fourth one, like I really, I really do want to. It gets very intimidating because there's so um, much that goes yeah. on throughout the series. Like I don't know that I could start from the first book, but 
I'd be I'd be down for go, getting back into The Walking Dead. No, we're not at, we're not at number four yet because okay. number three ended at one forty four, and I only think we're on like issue one eighty five. I want to say like yeah. we might be we'll be close. I think there are that many in the third compendium. Uh, the third compendium is numbers ninety seven to number one forty four. Wow! Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Each one has like almost fifty issues in it. It's like four. All right, issues I'm gonna that. yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on the horse, of Walking Dead. Um, Bob, what's your list looking like? Uh, all that stuff you're all getting: Domino, Ms. Marvel, Catwoman. I'll be it'll be a big Gail Simone corner this week because it's Domino, Plastic Man, and Red Sonia Tarzan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've got me hooked on this. Uh, Justice League Dark thing, so I gotta get Wonder Woman as well. And who knows what else? Maybe I, I hate to say I have to buy a Walking Dead comic, but I've never bought one before. Have you um read the Justice League Dark one through three yet? No. Okay. Yeah. Um I think it's I haven't read the third yet, but the first two, uh, as I was telling Carolyn, I th- I thought were really, really cool. Okay. So does it tie directly uh, into this? event or do i need it or not need it? they've explained pretty well what's going on but. the justice league dark the proper t- you can definitely pick that up and just dive right in okay f- for sure yeah and it's got uh it's got what's his face the monkey the detective monkey man detective chimp yeah it's got him in it he's fun and, and swamp thing and swamp thing and other people too i i i dig it i, I think it's a really cool book all righty, let's do this. Um, does anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? Nope. Do we want to? We... I, ha- I have one no. quick one. One quick oh, one. Oh, good. The Ladies of Valhalla episode with Kelly Sue and oh. A.S. King comes out this Friday. Yes. So, so yeah. All right, it's listen. Good. It's really cool. Listen, <laughs> folks. The dog wants to say something. Yeah, they got really excited about it. Um, I am biased, of course, but I have already heard the show. We listened to it on our way to Ottawa, and it is fire. It is so good. A.S. King is amazing. The coolest woman I've ever spoken to oh, in my it was, life. It was so cool. Like, like, that you, like, like Kelly Sue was there. You were all there and everything. Yeah. But, man, that show is like 85% them. But like in the best way possible, just yeah. the flow of conversation and the, some of the things that you all touch on throughout that podcast, which is quite long, but it is all good stuff. Yeah, it comes yeah. in at like two and a half hours, but it's two and a half hours of just it's wicked. It's so good. I actually um, Ron and I are starting a physical book collection of A.S. King's stuff. We have both. Uh, I crawl through it and um, what's up? Yeah, Gloria O'Brien, uh, and I pre-ordered uh, Dig, which sounds so, like it's going to be awesome too. Yeah, so. we're uh, yeah. we're going to be taking our honeymoon soon. I'm going to bring them with me and read them. Yeah, no, she was really inspiring too. Like, you know, she talks about stuff and about her career, and like, you know, I mean, there's even one part where she talks about how like two days before she wrote I Crawl Through It, she was quitting. She was done. No one was picking up her stuff. She she had had enough. She was over. And then two days later, she wrote I Crawl. So you know, like, it was just really inspiring to listen to her. She was amazing. And both, I mean, both her and Kelly Stone, they're very inspiring. And the whole thing, like, we just sat there. It was it, there's a lot of me, Sarah, and Bronwyn going, uh huh, uh huh. there's there's a lot of us doing that and a lot of them saying a lot of awesome stuff so if you can check it out 
Yes, absolutely. That will be going live on Friday. Uh, it will be in your regular Talking Comics feed. So if you subscribe to the show, you will get it no matter what. There's nothing you can do. Um, of course, if you want to unsubscribe, but you don't want to do that. You want to tell your friends. Tell them to listen to the show. Friends, tell your friends. Tell your friends. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. And don't forget to check out TalkingComicBooks.com for news, reviews, and articles about comics, video games, TV shows, and much more. We have podcasts of every flavor, including Talking Games, Valiant, Adventure, Bendis Assembled, and Ladies of Valhalla. (laughs) (laughs) Bob, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Soaking my feet in Epsom salts with an ice bag on my neck. (laughs) Uh, but at Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. How about you, Joey? At Joey Buccino. Jessica. At Jessica. And I am at a dead underscore anchoress on Twitter and all the other stuff. So for Bob. Good night, all. Joey. I want to thank Marjorie Liu for the expression hegemonic imagination of what can be heroic. Wow. Wow. Uh, Jessica, would you like to say something? Yeah, how do I follow that up? Goodbye. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I've been Steve. As always, be excellent to each other. Loan somebody a comic book. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. Do need her to cut my hair. <laughs> she Yo, cuts curly she cuts hair. Bad hair. She cuts no, specifically she cuts curly hair, like very good curly hair. And mm. I stalk her on the Instagram because of it. And I dream of her cutting my hair nicely because I have no trip. I'm always having like the last time I got my hair cut, I cried for like days. So <laughs> excuse me. Can I go potty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you raise your hand? <laughs> Do you really want to go use the bathroom? I right didn't now? use the potty. Yeah. Okay. Let, all right. So, yeah, all right, the, if we're gonna give them the pass. Give them the official talking comics right. full pass. There if, you go. if there's gonna be.